1: the 42 cast your ultimate answer to fandom geekiness and everything as always i am your host nathan and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about star trek picard season two but before we do that let's meet our cast for this week so starting off she is my co-host in
2: all of the
3: excuse me
1: (laughs) and she is interrupting me
3: (laughs) Apparently you got me talking, but you didn't get the loud belch. So no,
1: (laughs) I couldn't tell. I heard a sound. So, you know, yeah, that was
3: me burping. That's why I was like, oh, excuse me.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, it's okay because Zoom has caught it for posterity. I'm sure. So.
3: (laughs) All All right. So of course
1: it's Stephanie.
2: Cause who else would
3: belch (laughs) while
1: I'm trying to introduce her? so how are you doing stephanie
3: sorry i ate dinner right before this. <laughs> so it, it apparently just decided that it was going to make a presence on the podcast no. so, hello i am doing all right okay so. <laughs> just very embarrassed right now so oh, that,
2: oh, that's yeah, what it is.
1: so so anything because i don't know when the last time was that you were on the show anything new and exciting going on for you and since whenever the last time was?
3: Uh, I mean, I don't think it's actually been that long this time around. And, like, I'm pretty sure the last time I was on, it was with this exact same cast. <laughs> so, hey. Um, <clears throat> now I think the last time we talked, I was just recovering from COVID. And I'm still coughing. Mm-hmm. It's been, like, two and a half months, and I'm still coughing. But uh, <clears throat> it's clearing my throat a lot, too. So, yeah, it is what it is. But otherwise, no, it's pretty much same old, same old.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, I actually, know, I think it was a slightly different cast because we were talking about Discovery and uh, and Juliet doesn't watch Discovery. Not so.
3: yet, not yet.
1: But yeah, Ryan was well, on. Well, then
3: what was it that I last saw with Juliet? Because I swear I was in this exact same cast not that long ago.
1: Yeah, you struck my memory, though, when you were saying, and I was like, oh, of course it was Discovery was the last time because that was the COVID. That was the one we had to keep rescheduling because of COVID. And I was like, all yeah. right. <laughs> but um, was it
0: ds9 that we were talking about because we were talking about garrick it
3: must have been ds9 our oh, love of garrick right. yes yeah. our love for garrick yes
1: that makes sense
3: okay i think that's what it was
1: okay yep yep all right, well, all right so get-
3: two episodes ago for me
1: right yeah. all right right. Let's good to have you back on the show stephanie
3: good to be back
1: all right, next up, you've already heard her. Um, she is my co-host on Time Streams, and Woo! she is also a Trekkie going way back. And that is my friend Juliet. How are you doing, Juliet?
0: I am doing okay. I'm I'm doing the uh, the the Dragon Con crunching right now. Mm. Of yeah. course, and- uh, by the time this airs, Dragon Con will be over. Right.
1: I was about to say, <laughs> as of the time of this recording, uh, Dragon Con is two weeks away. So
2: um... yeah,
0: I'm I'm sitting here frantically sewing patches onto my Rosanante crew jumpsuit which by the way um can i just share this real quick i had a fantastic moment of senpai noticed me on twitter i had posted photos of my patches being sewn on i'm like my amos pose right because i look (laughs) i look so much like amos Um, (laughs) but uh i hadn't i had you know hadn't tagged certain people but suddenly i got a notification that the authors retweeted me and said nice, nice. And i'm like son of a oh that's awesome that's cool you're not supposed to see me <laughs> and everybody's like where did you get the patches i'm like i can't tell you because i i, I can message you i don't want to get them in trouble because it's all you know no
2: yeah.
0: but uh but yeah so that, that's that's fun. How, well you have a lot of co-hosts on here don't you pretty much Nathan? well
1: i mean you're my co-host on time streams you're not my co-host on the 42 cast i was just no
0: but i'm just like you know you've you've got several people that you specifically like to do certain topics with and you're like yes
1: yeah well stephanie and i talked about this way back when i started the show that anytime i talk about star trek she should be on so that is my that is my rule
3: (laughs) back when we actually uh lived near each other anytime we came over i would come over to visit his wife and then he'd come home from work and (laughs) his wife would lose me to us talking about Star Trek or Babylon time. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. It happened. That's quite awesome. a few times.
3: <laughs> but if it makes you feel better, Julia, I'm going to be in the same position as you are in, like, next week for Colossal Con East, and I'm one of the cosplay judges for that. Oh. Um, so I actually have to, you know, bother with a costume for a convention for the first time in forever. <laughs>
0: Do you, do you already know what you're doing? Because I'm just going to totally derail this this podcast right now.
3: I am doing um, the stage performance version of Sakura from Sakura Wars. Oh, nice. Okay. So I am going to be very shiny and glittery. And I'm kind of doing a hybrid between the, uh, the stage show and the uh, original OVA for it, though. Mm. Um, okay. Basically taking elements I like best from each i just kind of wanted to use the glitzy fabric and um i i I had a friend that actually sold me her old one that i've been slowly working on upgrading and by the time colossal con east hits everything on it is going to be completely remade by me um so it'll be a whole new costume by then um that's awesome but i figure it's so old that nobody's gonna realize that i took artistic liberties and merged the ova version with the uh stage
0: version (laughs) sometimes that's how I feel about my Fushigi Yugi costumes and how I you know I'm like is anybody gonna even recognize me it's cool Mm -hmm. I'm just old oh the the time that
3: I wore it where it was like half my work half the uh friend's work I I was literally shocked when somebody knew who I was I was like wow (laughs) okay nice I wish I had a prize for you
1: (laughs) I feel so old when I go to cons because I don't recognize half the cosplays anymore, and yeah, it's.
0: But that's the fun of asking. Oh, your cosplay is amazing. Where is it from? And then you learn about a cool new thing. Oh,
1: oh yeah, no, I'd never talk to somebody I don't know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Except to ask
0: them for their picture.
1: Can I have your picture? And then I walk off really quick. I don't (laughs) hold a conversation. You know, like that's just yeah.
3: That's crossing a line.
1: That's right. That's crossing (laughs) our line. I mean, you know, we're geeks. We're introverts. So, anyway. (laughs) Anyway. All right, it's good to have you back on the show, Juliet.
0: It's good to be back.
1: And finally, I think I think we have the man you love to hate, Brian, on this episode, but he keeps dropping off and coming back. So I don't know if he'll like
4: maintain or not. I, I that last time I deliberately uh connected to my neighbor's Wi Fi. So we should be we should be good <laughs> as long as don't have a problem. <laughs> it's a much better signal, huh? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, um, uh, granted, it's the, the, her, the, the I'm, I'm assuming it's a her because the Wi-Fi's name is Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. So yeah, but yeah, it seems to be working so far. So you know, um and for what it's worth, Nathan, uh lines at conventions were created to talk to people. You know, uh when you're stuck, oh yeah, line, yeah, yeah. Goes, Somebody oh, else yeah. talks to me, I'll talk to them back. But you know, I didn't know you're anything. not initiate. you're not going to talk, right? <laughs> okay,
1: no,
2: that's just awkward. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, i'll talk to i'll talk to the the people i'm waiting in line to see i'll probably talk to them longer than they
4: want me to <laughs> they're like uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> looking at their watch but i'm wearing a watch for they're looking at their wrist uh-huh you know. <laughs> i joke but
1: actually i've had some really great like fan like interactions with guests because you know like yeah like i'll i just won't go there and just like hand them something i'll talk to them while i'm there and you know like i mean i've gotten yeah, some it... very personalized like autographs that way so you know i like that so. I-,
3: I got the guy who voices duke Nukem to uh call and leave a message for my dad about uh my dad always joked about like i wonder if those alien bastards ever paid for wrecking his ride and so john st john sent a message to my dad in the duke voice um answering that question i wish i could remember exactly what it was that he said
1: (laughs) that's cool yeah but uh, i figure if i'm paying for their time
4: then you know then i can talk to them Mm -hmm. (laughs) well honestly i mean it, it sounds it sounds really kind of crass or whatever but like uh if i'm assuming somehow during a convention that i've got an hour or so free time i yeah i'll wander the walk of fame but like like in my opinion if i see a celebrity who's got no one they're just hanging out by themselves Mm -hmm. i will talk to them and i'm doing them a favor because now i make it look like they're you know people should come up behind me now like oh what's this all about see i'm starting the line i'm starting the movement so i should really get like a cut yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. On, on, um,
1: on yeah. Monday, when the Walk of Fame looks like a desert, I've had some great yeah. like experiences talking with people because like David Hewitt one year had nobody's table. I must have talked to him
4: for like 15 huh. minutes, you know, and that was fantastic. So, yeah, that one surprises me. I figured he would have at least like someone like up to the end. You know, mm. but, well, I guess it depends when I mean, like now like, I say this thinking back like, you know, 10 years ago. I don't know what it would be like now
1: yeah me. well it was 2016 or 2015 mm-hmm. whatever that year was when i went I, yeah 2015 so it was closer yeah. to when atlantis was on but yeah. uh yeah but anyway <laughs> we love you
4: david but,
1: so, so so ryan <laughs> yeah though, no, but ryan what what are you doing with your life
4: now that you're not going to dragon con ah uh just being sad about not going to dragon con. <laughs> so <laughs> so literally today not that well this will matter for our listeners but today the marriott released more rooms at the con rate and i just just because i i, I saw myself. you
1: sigh, you actually typed in sigh or something yes, like that like because, on the yeah, post
4: yes because because i hate myself so much i clicked the link and yeah i got a room or i could have if i just hit confirm payment you know and then um a couple of weeks ago they dropped more um hyatt legacy rooms and hey guess what i could have gotten one of those too if i just hit confirm you know and i was just it's like yeah it's like the universe really wants me to go to conventions right now but my pocket and my wallet does not so you know (laughs) know, i I guess that's the way it works all you either have in everything in life you either have the money or the time but you never have both do do you You know know what the universe is is really
1: trying to tell you though ryan like this is just a byproduct of this but but do you know what the universe is really trying to tell you
4: Probably that it wants to be dead. You no, know, like, <laughs> no, it wants oh, like, it you to up, personally it wants you to <laughs> update, update your my website.
2: website.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I you I, can I, take I, that weekend when you would have been at Dragon Con <laughs> and you could update <laughs> your
4: website. There and maybe I, I don't know. I've watched uh, the first episode of She hulk twice now and have taken notes. I've really been thinking about it, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, I like to see that kind of preparation
1: before we talk there, about She-Hulk yeah. in right. like yeah, exactly. a couple of months. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, it's good to have you back on the show, Ryan. Good to be back. <laughs> All right. All right. Now we're gonna we're gonna try to pick up the pace a bit and do a five-minute controversy that hopefully will actually be five minutes. All right. um, So, yeah, it's a five minute controversy. It's just a way for us to loosen up before we talk about the topic and talk about something that's going on in the geekosphere. And so, right now, uh, not quite a controversy, but a lot of people have been giving their opinions on this. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito recently uh, has done some interviews. And in those interviews, he's talked about how Marvel has approached him. He's mentioned that Magneto, Professor Xavier, and Doctor Doom have all been roles that they have discussed with him as potential. role now you know could it could it be something else that ends up happening could you know like who knows but since those are the three that he's actually suggested himself um i think that it would be interesting to see what everybody thinks would be a good role for him in marvel um so uh let's start with you on this
4: one ryan who who do you think that uh, he should play in marvel well i mean so I remember, I think, like, probably back in Phase 2 or something like that, uh, the, for, the very, very, very first time we were talking about Dreamcasting and his name came up, and mm-hmm. I said, I thought he would make a great Kang. And obviously, they've gone that another direction same. with that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, honestly, I mean, uh, you know, Jonathan Majors and Loki, I, I was, I, I'm i interested to see where they take that. So I don't hate right, that. Right. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I, I, so I guess what, I don't have – any real hopes on this i can see him doing any of those three mm-hmm. professor x uh, professor xavier i think he, he, here's the thing about uh esposito if, if you look at his filmography like 99 of it is like cold villainous mm-hmm. which is perfect for magneto perfect for doom um you, gus fring and magneto oh my god that oh chills but um but every now and then he's done some light-hearted stuff uh where he laughs and so i can actually see him playing xavier in the sense that xavier's uh kind of cold but good if that makes sense you know he he, he and, and he crosses line it really just depends what year or what writer <laughs> right you're reading. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you know but uh the only my only reason i don't want him to play xavier is because I, I i'm not a purist but i do feel uh xavier has to be like completely bald that's the one thing i will draw a line maybe on he shaved his to, head for it you don't know. That. I don't. Want, I don't want. I don't want him to. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's look for me has hair. So honestly, my first choice for him would be of those three. Um, Doom, probably. Okay. Yeah, but I, I think it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and it would require some work, and and I'm sorry. I know you you would hate this, but uh, it would require a lot of performances without the the mask. Which I'm fine with as well. Yeah, see listeners. All right. So no no no. V for vendetta proved you
1: do not have to show an actor's face to get emotion. I'm sick of all these superhero shows where people are taking off their masks constantly when they shouldn't. That's the intrinsic to doom. He is so vain, no one can ever see his face. Ever. Because it's it's been scarred horribly.
4: Right. That's I mean you can show him it before he gets scarred and that's fine. But yeah. 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 V for Vendetta was like s- basically practical effects. I mean, uh, when has a Marvel movie? All right, I just use that as an
1: example. Let's not get into the V for okay. Vendetta. Like, yeah. Let's not talk about it. Uh, okay.
4: <laughs> All right. But of those three, my vote. Uh, is yeah. Your doom. pick is Doom. Okay. So yeah. Stephanie, what do you think?
3: I am so not familiar with the X Men. I don't care. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> you haven't seen the movies?
3: I saw the first one back in like 2020 or no wait 2020 is recent. 2000 is what I meant to say, but <laughs> brain wow. function what?
1: Yeah, because um, I, I knew you didn't watch like any of the animated stuff or like know the comics, but I thought you at least knew the
3: movies. No, I've only seen that first one back when that came out whenever. Mm. I think I was in middle school, maybe a freshman in high school. I don't remember. Mm. Um, and I've seen the Deadpool ones. I like Deadpool. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: okay. um but yeah so my short answer is making up for ryan's longer answer
1: okay <laughs> wow patrick stewart wasn't enough to get you to watch even the ones with uh with him in it huh
3: I, I mean, I guess if you're going to pull that in, I, I've seen, uh, the, the multiverse of madness and that had him in it.
4: Oh, well, there, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so there, I've
4: seen two. For the record, that was a short answer for me. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. So Juliet, what do you think?
0: Okay. So out of those three, I'm actually have no idea who Dr. Doom is. So that's going to be fun to look up later. Um, I am I, I love the X Men movies with Patrick Stewart, even with uh, McAvoy in them. But Patrick Stewart, he, he's my he's my Professor X. Ever since the moment I first saw him on screen, so I don't know if I could ever see um, Espósito as Professor X. I'd be interested to see his take on a Magneto. Um, I think that could be very interesting. He'd, he'd have to he'd have to really pull something out of you know where in order to you know overcome ian mckellen's performance for me but i i would like to see that i don't think i've actually seen him in anything where he's not a cold-blooded villainous person and i kind of want to go look up one of his movies now that he's happy and you know i don't know maybe he makes a great sitcom dad that i don't know about
1: (laughs) i i just have to say from my experience when i've seen him not be a villain he's very blah like like he, he, he is a genius when it comes to playing villains and I've seen him play many villains, but the Maze Runner movies that he's in, like his character is kind of just like, hey, I like that actor, but like, oh, and this he's just kind of there. Like he's not very interesting, so.
0: Oh, there you go. That's
3: yeah. my I mean, just based off of what I know of the actor, I think Xavier would be interesting because mm-hmm. I'm so used to him being a villainous bastard and I'm thoroughly enjoying him on the boys. Um, but uh yeah i don't know enough about the characters (laughs) like i have no idea who dr doom is okay so not the only one but i at least know who magneto and uh xavier are (laughs) (laughs) all
1: right so yeah like um i i really love the idea of esposito playing magneto um The origin of Magneto kind of needs an update anyway, since we're so far away from World War II now. And I think like making Magneto like someone who grew up in South Africa under apartheid or something like that would be an interesting like update to the character and um you know the whole axe to grind that magneto has about you know having grown up under you know like uh, oppressive you know situations for his race and then being a mutant on top of that like i think that would that would work really well and the fact that desposito is older also because then you know magneto and and xavier are supposed to be sort of like the elder statesmen of mutants you know and and so that i think would work out really well whereas with doom um You know i would prefer a younger actor even though i don't think it's necessary since he does have a helmet or a mask on all the time but he is supposed to be about the same age as reed richards of the fantastic four and i'd prefer they didn't cast a guy in his 50s for that um so you know it would again i think it would help if, if whoever they picked to play doom was a bit you know a bit younger maybe in their 30s um, so yeah, I uh, I think Magneto would be a great choice out of those up. And I think again, that sort of barely restrained anger that he has, like that he plays so well in so many of the roles, perfect for Magneto. Like I can see that. And for him to, you know, but then I can also see if they cast the right person opposite him as Xavier, that he could have those moments where it's like you can tell these people were friends and all of that. Like I think he could play that really well um so I I I, yeah I I I love the idea of him as Magneto um even though I think he would make a great Doom also Xavier's weird and I get the whole playing against type thing that might make it interesting um but yeah I I just I don't see what I see him as in my mind is more of a Magneto type and I would love to see him as Magneto and I'd love to see more people's heads spin when they make a black man Magneto Although they still spin, if they made him Xavier, so I mean, I guess that part doesn't change.
4: But... You know, I, I'm 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 sure the joke's already been made, but I can already see now if they announced him as Magneto, like there would be a demand, perhaps that the MCU has never seen before, to make Brian Cranston Professor X. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I've seen people say that. Yeah, but uh, but all right, yeah, so.
1: That's a five-minute controversy. Didn't go too long. I didn't time it, so I don't know if it was five minutes. But Ryan aside, we were all pretty quick. (laughs) All right, but yeah. I wanted to be the Beyonder. You know, know, Kang would have been interesting, actually, if if they hadn't already cast as as Jonathan Majors. But anyway, all right. So yeah, now we're going to talk about Star Trek Picard. Uh, But first, we're going to pause for a promo from another fine podcast.
3: Hey everyone,
4: this is Carrie from the Metal Geeks Podcast. Thanks for geeking out with us for the past 10 years. Yes, I said that 10 years that we've been doing this, talking about video games and metal and TV and movies and comic books and theme parks and all that other cool stuff. Check us out on our website at MetalGeeks.net and on all the socials at Metal Geeks. We are proud members of the ESO Network. Keep it geeky and keep it metal.
1: And we're back. And like we mentioned at the top of the show, we are talking about Star Trek Picard Season 2. And for once, we have the same cast back that talked about it in <laughs> Season 1. So we don't have to go Ooh. into the whole like, hey, like, what do you think about this show before the season, yada, yada. We can just go straight into talking about it. So, you know, coming to Picard Season 2, you know, all the, the promotion and everything around it was basically like, it's Picard again but with Guinan and Q now. So before we get into talking really deeply about the storyline or anything like that, how did you feel about, um, you know, the depictions of uh, Guinan and Q in this? So uh, let's start with you, Juliet.
0: I I absolutely adored it. Uh, You'll never find me not loving Q ever. I think he, you know, you could just have him sitting there on screen doing nothing and I'd just be like, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen, but that's I'd just... be right
3: there with you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so I have I I love this depiction of Q. I loved finding out more about him. I I freely admit, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later. I cried. I cried so much at the end. I I thought it was so perfect. I loved this Guinan. I thought it was interesting to see her more jaded after a while. I I thought that was interesting, and I could you know it's nice to see that. She hasn't always been this, you know, just this person who who watches, who listens. She's just, she's actually frustrated and upset and giving and wanting to give up. And I liked that idea uh, of her. And I liked that we got to see her be influenced by, the, by Picard, by everybody around her. So, Also, okay. the summoning of the queue, that was kind of fun watching, just that whole ritual.
2: Okay
1: all right Stephanie
3: um well I'm pretty much right there with Juliet um I mean I've always enjoyed Q episodes I know some people are like eh. but I've always liked like looking movie. at you Mark um, Finn
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> is that who I'm thinking of in yeah during our DS9
1: podcast he was talking about how like Q was like an awful character and like he was glad that like DS9 only and, had him once and we and all like
3: ganged up on how him. how we all
1: ganged up on him yeah <laughs>
3: Okay. All right. I knew that happened somewhere on one of these podcasts, <laughs> but, uh, and I've always loved Q. I never particularly thought much of John Delancey in terms of just visual aspects, but man, did he come- turn out to be a silver fox. Oh man. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Right there with you. Yeah. That was
3: unexpected.
0: <laughs> okay, I had a feeling that was yeah. coming. I, I, I had a feeling that was coming. I mean, <laughs> But then again, I've had a crush on him for years, especially ever since the episode Deja Q when he appears naked on the bridge.
3: Yeah, see, I never did until Picard. And then I'm like, wow, he got way better with age. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on that totally superficial note, that was an added plus to him, but... Um, and I kept going back and forth with. Uh, I do genuinely like the portrayal that they gave for the same reasons as Juliet, her being more involved with everything, Um, getting a little bit more of a vibrant personality from her Mm -hmm. um, while still channeling what Whoopi had done in the past. Um, I think they did a good job with that. Um, The answer to her being so much older in the proper timeline was a little weak but um, just because it was how they were explaining it for Q too oh you're old well so am I
1: see I think that works better for Q than it does for Guinan
3: oh yeah no it definitely does
1: yeah Q just like hey I'm gonna look old now hey you know
3: yeah yeah, with Q it worked great and then we got treated to Q as (laughs) hubba hubba
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is turning into the Q appreciation
1: yeah no I just, I find this fascinating but yeah
3: like I said it blows my mind that I've been ever since we first saw a promo of Q in season two where I've been like is that actually John Delancey because damn
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the voice is there see that's the thing like a lot of the actors that have aged like their voices have really like you know because I like Patrick Stewart, you can tell, like, his voice doesn't have the same, like, presence that it used to have. John Delancey's still got the voice. Like, he sounds like, yeah, he still sounds the same. Always going to sound
0: like he's talking down to you. Always. Yeah, and
3: I I did like that he, in in the season, was a little bit more truly villainous than he has been Hmm. ever before, really. While at the same time, we spin around to the end, and it was all just his mischief as normal, um, with a bit of a heartwarming and tragic reason behind it. But, yeah, it was kind of cool having him be a little bit more villainous um, than he's usually portrayed as more of a trickster than Mm. an actual villain. Um, But, yeah, I I mean, I keep going back and forth, though, on the reconciliation of Guinan not having the experience back in the uh, 1800s uh yeah because eh, i mean on one hand that future never happened so the past couldn't happen so basically the timelines diverged way before the point they got sent to but also yeah it, it just i keep going back and forth on to whether or not they they covered that decently or not but that's really my biggest gripe with those two returning characters. Nothing mm. about Q. Uh, and just <laughs> with Diane and uh, the back and forth as to whether or not I accept the logic behind why she didn't have that meeting with the card. And yeah, I, I just. I mean, some days I like it, some days I don't. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's sort of like an explanation that wasn't given within the show. It was given outside of the show. I still like to think she had just forgotten about it somehow. And like later we'll remember it.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's perfectly valid too. Yeah. That she just didn't remember. And because of the fact that she doesn't develop that relationship with him, that eventually she's like, wait a minute, this is that dude I met. Um, she doesn't have that revelation he keeps meeting me out
1: of sequence <laughs> yeah <laughs> like river song
3: and the
0: doctor i mean it did seem that way to me to me it felt like that she was very different like a very different age in both of the previous both of the past timelines so who knows how long it had actually been between those i mean i can't remember what i had for dinner last night i'd be surprised if she could remember picard with you know a millennia between meetings
1: right is that like an official explanation or did someone just come up with that online about the whole thing of oh because the timeline changed picard never went back and so she never did meet him in the 1800s it was that official
3: i could have sworn they did address it in the show but maybe they didn't and i'm just i don't
0: think they did no they
1: didn't address that that's just a fan thing that i've seen online i've seen people saying that online but i thought it was a fan thing i didn't think anyone official had said that
0: yeah, I didn't think the time there was anything about weird about timelines diverging that had actually happened. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, because yeah, it should only be things that happened after the change. Yeah. That like, yeah, anyway. All right.
3: <laughs> but I mean, when it first happened, I was just brushing it off as she doesn't know him well enough to remember him.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what I think.
3: It was more towards the end. Probably because I started seeing crap online about trying to make sense of it where I just forgot that my own initial thing was she just doesn't remember it right now
1: <laughs> i had to put up with beth whose biggest problem wasn't that she didn't remember was that she's like but we already showed that she still looked like will Whoopi- it goldberg in the 1800s so why does she not look like Whoopi goldberg in you know 20 whatever <laughs> and and beth like that was her that just broke her mind because she was like <laughs> you know because they have cgi and like, like they could have easily i don't know if they, like Whoopi goldberg just didn't want to do it but like they could have just had her do it and just cg aged her to i mean i don't who
0: says she has to travel linearly
1: (sighs) yeah i mean i suppose it could
3: be that that time was the second time she met him
1: i suppose all
4: right ryan (laughs) Uh, so much so much um well i mean i'll start with with q um and just say that (laughs)
2: I'm sorry, is their tone of voice
4: is just like I, I'm just
1: I'm just like coming to something that I'm just gonna have
4: to like just unleash. You know, well,
2: I hesitance. mean, you know.
4: <laughs> okay, so so but there's there's a lot there, but I mean, right. the, the, I feel like their depiction of Q was was pretty pretty awesome. Q is, you know, I, I get uh, Mark Mark Fen's uh, problems with Q because he's omnipotent. He's not a real villain. You can't best you can know hope for is to outwit him at best and even then you're not really outwitting him you're just he's humoring you it's like oh okay Picard okay mon capitan I agree with you you're saved. whatever um so I get that frustration but is the but that's not a problem that's a that's good <laughs> more or less yeah I mean you know that's the character uh, that's, that's that's the, the fun he, he's a trickster he's yeah he's, <laughs> he's fun you know who's who has a man crush on Picard you know and uh and that's absolutely fine um uh, I will say, like, the very first DragonCon I went to, um, and this is how I knew I would always love DragonCon, is I rode an elevator with John DeLancey. And so that was, that was sometime in, like, the, the late 90s, and that was awesome. And then um, a few years ago, uh, I was at a urinal next to John DeLancey. So, you know, it's it's all in all, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I will have no complaints about Q whatsoever. Uh, and I feel like they did a great job with riding him uh, for this season. It felt like a good... Um, farewell love letter uh for him um for Q for Guinan uh yeah I'm sorry for Guinan uh, mixed feelings because you know I I get the whole CG it's not that CG they couldn't have de-aged uh Whoopi to do the role it's that it's involved it's expensive and it doesn't always look you know, great. So I was fine with them. You have to suspend that disbelief for this moment. Okay, fine. We're having a different actress player. And and they established that she can obviously change her physical appearance at will. Um so at least to some degree. So fine. She won it in in the you know 2025 or whatever it is, she wanted to look a little bit like that. That's fine. Um I don't buy the whole she just forgot Picard. Uh that first off that Picard helping her in San Francisco was basically what got her into bald men she said as much <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> so you know uh yeah i, I don't uh, well uh, to be
1: fair ryan that was not in the same episode as the Sanford. she just said a bald man was kind to me since then fans have connected no. that with are the you fact sure that, yes yes believe it, i just
4: rewatched the whole series with my daughter <laughs> all right I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna put like Serious money on that, but you know, right. all right, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, was right. In a se- that was
1: in a different episode. But since then, fans have said, ah, since Picard went back and met her, that was the bald man that was kind to her <laughs> once that she, you know, she was talking to Wesley. Wesley was gone by the time the San Francisco uh thing happened. um hmm. So, yeah, anyway, anyway,
4: <laughs> anyway, anyway, nevertheless, th- then fine. Then, are you telling me that th- there are so many? federation captain is coming back in time asking for her help that you know she's just oh yeah i remember (laughs) maybe you know well no she
1: remembers the event she just doesn't remember what he looked like i I don't remember what people looked like that i saw like 10 years ago
4: i mean come on this has been over 100 years you know and and in fairness it has been like what 30 years for him so obviously Picard (laughs) looked different as well but yeah but still like after a few minutes of talking, she should have. Been like, oh yeah, <laughs> or for All that right. matter, he could have said San Francisco, eighteen ninety. Mark Twain was there, you know. <laughs> I mean, I thought, right. No, was, the real yeah. reason is that the writers didn't remember, or and, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's where that's somehow they real... forgot that episode. <laughs> right. Yeah, episodes <laughs> plural. <laughs> you know? Right. But um, that, that's kind of my thing is because like I felt like I gave them credit throughout the entire season. I was like, they're going to explain it, so it's okay. It's calm down. Everyone, come. I was on Facebook saying it'll be fine people it's gonna make sense by the time it's all done and then it didn't make sense literally the only way it makes sense is if the original timeline was the dark timeline and not the federation timeline that's literally the only way that it could possibly make any sense and so that literally that moment in time that's the thing that took the season from being Up from being the great from being some of the best star trek to some of the worst star trek at the same time (laughs) (laughs) oh i think this season had more problems than that but okay i mean how can you how can you reference like uh what's his name from gary seven or whatever from tos oh yeah and yeah and not remember you
1: know oh 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 god all right yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves here but yeah yeah but here's the thing here's the problem that i've had with the whole new regime of star trek overall is it's like I I think that the people that are doing it they want they like they're told like make references but they don't They're not steeped in the lore. They might be people who have watched through like maybe once, you know, or whatever. And so it's like they get the references wrong a lot or they'll like forget things that are core or whatever. Like that's happened in all the shows so far. Like there are things that they take in, but then they forget other things that relate to those things that then don't work. You know, just yeah, yeah.
4: (laughs) I've talked about this with Discovery before, um, but uh, yeah. Nine times out of 10, those can all be solved with creative writing. But this was... Just an oversight, or stupid, or something. I I don't know. Or like the, the, you know, they could have even have said, I don't know. I know he, he couldn't have because his powers are weakened. But Q could have wiped her mind or something. I, I to, of that moment or some uh, put up a block or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, just, it was just really disappointing that singular aspect of Guyan's character. Okay, <laughs> and I blame the.
2: And
3: it's it kind of surprising that neither Whoopi Goldberg nor uh, Patrick Stewart, neither of them were like, wait, we already met.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know i think we give the actors though a lot more credit for things that i think that like you know half the time when you listen to actors and in interviews they're like i don't know what like, like i don't know what's going on in these scripts i just read yeah, the line I mean, you know like so. well <laughs> there
3: are some I, actors though who definitely get really into yeah into yeah. their series and whatnot
4: and but,
2: but yeah, but I have those a feeling- ones
3: are the ones who will point out inconsistencies when they get scripts and stuff like that
4: but well, yeah. well, those are the ones that were fans before they were in the series. Usually, right. um, I don't know how much of a fan Patrick Stewart was before or is now. Um, I, I don't know if he watches Strange New Worlds or Discovery, you know. But yeah. I, I have the feeling that if you asked him at a convention, "Well, why didn't Gynne know you?" Uh, his answer would be kind of along the lines of a uh, Stan Lee's answer about who would win in a fight, which is basically. It's what the writers wanted, you know, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. who, yeah, who's going to win Hulk or Thor, whoever the writer wants to win. And that's kind of the writers wanted Guinan not to remember. And so she didn't or not to know. And so she did. not right. And
1: all right. So, yeah, I mean, as as a longtime Q fan, you know, I, of course, was excited to have Q in this. And of course, John Delancey was fantastic in it i will say though and i'm surprised no one has brought up that i cannot believe that this season introduced the idea that that a q rq is dying but the fact that he then like says like i'm dying alone which implies the whole q continuum is dying which actually ties in with discovery when they said no one's heard from the q continuum in, in hundreds of years and nobody, like, is like, hey, maybe that's something we should look at a little deeper than this. That's just a throwaway line. We just, like, mm. we'll just throw that away. And I was just like, what in the Holy world, crap. man?
3: <laughs> I didn't even catch that. You're right. I took it just... more as the fact that Q's always been troublesome, and they just kicked him out again.
1: <laughs> I was like, this is significant. Like, even if it's, I mean, but even then, it's like, we didn't know that a Q could die. It's like, this is significant. Yeah, we like, did. It's just not, you know. What? Q's have died plenty of well, times. No, 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 they've said like literally the characters in the show said we didn't know a Q could die. <laughs> so, yeah, although that's been inconsistent too because <laughs> yeah. you know,
2: you know, Voyager, in, in Next Gen they just Next like Gen. they just
1: killed a bunch of Q that they didn't like, but then in Voyager they said a Q has never died and it's late like before that one guy. And it was just like, what? But anyway, let's let's not get into that part.
2: I mean, but I'm I just saying, the whole thing as... Q
1: dying alone line was a line that I was like, that's just treated like a throwaway. And I'm like, um, guys, like maybe we should figure out what's happening
0: here. But, I mean, yeah, maybe nah. this is part of the life cycle of a Q that we just don't know about because it's so massive that how, why, how would we ever really know? We don't know how old Q is or anything like that.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I, know, I what... was fine with that as an idea until he said he was alone.
0: Well, maybe and that's so what I'm they like, do. Oh, the, you like... don't know what the Q do when they die. Maybe they go out yeah. into the woods like elders and <laughs> die alone. I mean, maybe. it's not hundred percent conclusive,
1: but I think that yeah, I but think maybe that...
0: been a Q culture
1: thing. I don't. But know. But again, this is the questions the characters in the show should be asking, and they don't. They treat it as oh, well, yeah, whatever. And I'm just like what (laughs) this is significant and it's like it's certainly more interesting than a lot of the other stuff they spent a lot of time with (laughs) just like let's let's have an fbi agent like sit down with them and that goes nowhere let's waste a whole episode on that let's spend an episode investigating what's going
4: on with the q continue (laughs) okay so I mean, yeah, that would be interesting to delve into. I mean, maybe they all ascend, have ascended to a higher plane, you know. Yeah. But um, or maybe it's just gauche to die in public if you're a cute. <laughs> you know. I mean, right. yeah. So I mean, yeah, they, they're immortal. They don't want to be reminded that they are, in fact capable of death so it's like Q was like getting old it's like ugh, go do that by yourself we don't want to see and their cues are narcissistic they're not gonna- but, but even then like something weird has to be
1: happening because in the past it was like Qs don't so so if you take the voyager episode you know like Qs don't die unless like they they somehow will it on themselves and if you take the next generation episode all the other q have to band together to kill a q so again, something is something weird here because he's acting like this is something unexpected and like unknowable, different from you know like what like had happened before that we've seen. So again, something weird is happening.
0: Can I ask you a question, Nathan? Yeah. What do you expect mere mortals to do if, the, <laughs> if there's something wrong with the Q continuum?
1: I don't know. It's Star Trek. They usually investigate things even when they don't like don't know when where it is beyond their understanding.
0: Oh my goodness. Just <laughs> oh, I think you focus on, on some really weird things.
1: I think that's the most significant thing that happened this season. <laughs> I mean we and it was there for an emotional payoff rather than anything else. And it's like that's nice, but if you want a really hard emotional payoff we need to like understand it also that would have made it even more
4: so the question is what is the practical implications of the q or at least this particular q not being around mm-hmm. and so i would i could i would say that maybe it was q dying which opened i know we're jumping ahead to the the very very end but opened the breach for whatever came through in the very last episode the threat uh, to the no, galaxy. I, I'm they, a, and yeah. I'm
1: hoping that season three will address it.
4: That is what I'm yeah. hoping because, yes, that would at least make it yeah. meaningful.
1: You know, would it be so. something
4: if like Q was actually protecting right. our galaxy this whole time? Like, you know? well, yeah, no, I and I and I hope it's
1: more than just a throwaway because, yeah, I think that that would be good for it to have like some sort of like significance. Um, beyond just like creating a tearjerker for the sake of creating a tearjerker which you know
3: somehow he is actually responsible for the burn
1: (laughs) it's better than magic kelpians
2: (laughs) yes
1: (laughs) god anything would have been better than that explanation Uh... all right anyway
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah no the guy. (laughs) i didn't have the problem beth had with the guy thing. i i she she just she just gets so upset and been out of shape about it and i was just like yeah i mean like i, I would have preferred if they had like de-aged Whoopi, but like i th- it's not that big a deal to me that like you know I think they had the this other would,
3: would have been really distracting um the technology is not that great um like it was only fine with john delancey because it was all of, like five seconds yeah um this Guinan though I thought she did a good job uh bringing Whoopi's portrayal to life while also giving her own mm-hmm. uh life to Guinan um but yeah I think the de-aging would have just been too much and she was actually in there a decent amount um
1: it seemed to me like she was just in it, it was... for little bits and pieces like she wasn't like in it um, that prominently
4: although again it has yeah, been but... it has been months since watched it, so. it okay it, it feels like i mean i and this is the, another vibe i got from the whole series uh especially when i sat back and thought about it at the end but the the young Whoopi, i'm sorry the young guy in the young uh or the um i can't remember what her character's name was here um uh, uh the created girl the uh the oh, artificial yeah yeah i forget her name and, too but yes. yeah and her fate and everything honestly like it feels like an entire third of the season was them just throwing things out saying hey maybe we're going to want to do stuff maybe new series maybe you know other car- spin-offs or whatever they were throwing a lot out there that has like a lot of like oh that could be interesting to explore later mm. um and that, that's like, kind of how I felt about recasting gynon was it yeah. Corey? Corey. Cor- yeah, Cori, or Cora, or something Corey, like that. because yeah.
0: it's a Greek, it's a Greek mythology reference.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I um, yeah you know, I, I like the actress who played Guinan just fine, and yeah, like the whole thing. I. Yeah, I wasn't super happy with them not referencing the whole San Francisco thing, but I didn't have the problem you had with it either. <laughs> I, I was like, you know, she forgot or whatever. Because because it's unsatisfying to take the idea that it was because of the time shift, because then everything that happened with this version of Guinan by Picard going back, then San Francisco does happen. And then she wouldn't be the dark guy. You know, if, if the reason why she was dark in was because she didn't have the experience with Picard in San Francisco, then it's like, well then like everything Picard did with this Guinan wasn't important because, you know, she would have already been a lighter hearted person. You know, so I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't like the whole like time shift explanation. Uh, I preferred she just forgot, which which I get also has problems, but for me that works better.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm going with she just forgot.
2: Yeah,
4: you know I never got the, uh, I never thought about it as a sort of oh my gosh she's darker because that's interesting she's darker because she never met Picard. That's one of the things just, I've heard people talking about. It's, like, it's, yeah. it's an interesting, it's interesting. I mean, I, it still doesn't add up as far as if you think about when he went back and so forth because because they arrived before the divergence. But fine. But I just kind of assumed it was, um, you know, just Guinan's reaction to that period in time in human history. She was about to ditch Earth. She was done with humans. You know, and honestly, like. Considering, oh, well, yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, you got room for one more on that ship, you know? Yeah. All right. So, so getting a little
1: more into the time travel aspect, and this one's kind of hard because there are several different things that I want to talk about. You know, that all are sort of related to other things that I want to talk about, and so the order kind of gets like weird. But when thinking about the whole time travel aspect of this, because of the fact that the Rift and the Neo Borg or whatever we're going to call them, you know, were already in existence before they shifted back in time means that this timeline has always been this way. And the dark timeline was just something Q created just to like have like a, like, Hey, shock guys, you know, like sort of thing. And you get what I'm saying? Because it's like, even before they time traveled back, the Neo Borg that were created by Gerati yeah. and the Borg queen merging already existed so that didn't happen because like that wasn't like a new thing that they added to time like the things that they did in the past didn't change anything they just fulfilled things that needed to happen so that the present that they already knew would happen that way but that's kind of how star trek's timeline has always been well no no no, i'm saying that but yet the way that they talked about it up until we get to the last episode was as if they were changing history by the things they were doing and it's like they were actually like so that's why I'm saying, like, the idea that, like, Guinan's life was changed doesn't hold up under that context because, you know, um, you know, we're basically saying, like, the timeline was always that way, you know, so,
4: yeah. I mean, It's, it's, it's one that, again, it's, you have to... You have to really look at these characters sometimes and go, have you not already time traveled like a dozen times? Do you not, <laughs> you know, understand how this works? Data's head is like 300 years older than the rest of his body. You know, I mean, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then there's all the frustrating things where they're like, by the way, we're in the past. So don't do anything that was, and then people are like whipping out their, their advanced technological stuff everywhere. And like, people are like killing people and it's just like, wait, wait, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You're supposed to like keep low pro. I mean, I get that the, the Girati thing was, you know, she was under control of the board queen, but everybody else is doing stuff too that I'm like, that's going to leave
4: footprints. What are you doing? You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I think, um, I, I, yeah, I think it's a, um, the necessity of the mission. I mean, like, if mm-hmm. the mission is to literally save the galaxy, it's kind of like you're—you can bend the rules. You know, you can invent uh transparent aluminum if it's mm-hmm. to save the Federation. You know, in the past, <laughs> or just because you don't like ice. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <Huh>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not everything they did was to save the future. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, so so yeah, let's uh let's talk about let's talk about that reference and and i'm kind of curious um you know the gary seven reference um i'm kind of curious like ryan obviously you know what that's from um stephanie did you remember what they were even talking about when they brought up gary seven
3: i am blanking
0: now
1: okay all right Juliet, did you have any clue what they were talking about
0: i vaguely vaguely remember but not, you're asking me to brain at the end of the week no
1: okay all yeah. right <laughs> Well, no, because I mean, I think that's a valid point, because, again, it's a reference that in the end doesn't really work well for me, but they they just like seem to want to reference things so badly where I'm like, they could have come up with other reasons for stuff that didn't require you to pull in things from the original series um
3: okay i just googled it i remember entirely (laughs) right so go
1: on (laughs) there was an episode of the original series that was actually like a backdoor pilot for like another idea gene roddenberry Mm -hmm. had i think it's called assignment earth and exactly. um, they go back in time to what was then the present day. And there's this strange guy named Gary Seven that he knows all about the Federation, even though it's the 1960s. And he's got this super technological stuff in his apartment. And basically, the explanation is that he works for some alien race that are also time travelers. And they like have put him on Earth in the 1960s to make sure that certain things happen and whatnot. And, um, you know, and, and to me, like,
4: it's like, OK, it's ironically. He was stopping a launch, and this was making <laughs> sure a launch happened.
1: <laughs> so, 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 uh, you know, yeah. In this, um, okay, we're we're establishing the same idea. Okay, this is just another time period where they put an agent. Why oh why, in Earth in the twenty first century? would you station a Romulan as the person <laughs> if you're recruiting people that are all that are humans also why wouldn't you have a human in that critical time period before you know <laughs> I just that alone was something that I was just like oh my god like their their need to cast like keep the cast even when it doesn't make sense was like was like hurt harmful like I I, I had real problems with them using the same woman that was the Romulan woman in Picard's yeah. time, the same actress. And, and it was like, oh, okay, she's just a human that happens to look like that same woman. But no, no. Then it's like, oh no, she's actually a Romulan too. And I'm like, why? You could have just yeah, said
3: she was, just happens to look. It made more look- sense as her just happening to look like her, not right. having to be an actual ancestor of her.
1: Right. I uh, That didn't work for me um, on this. And also that you know then they tied it in with the traveler and that was even worse for me because i was like the Traveler wasn't trying to establish any kind of like, oh, this is like the way the timeline needs to go. He was just telling Wesley that like, you know, you can like expand your consciousness beyond like your limited framework and whatever. It wasn't like, we have we have a mission for you, like uh, Crusher, like, you know, join us kind of thing. And when they did that at the end- that's... Maybe
3: Wesley is the one who decided that they had a
1: mission. I guess. It seemed like they but... were trying to like combine them with like the temporal Starfleet. You know, because even at the end, they beam up and I'm like, oh, like, but the traveler could just like phase into like, you know, other times and whatever. You didn't need to beam up. I don't know. I just, I, I, I felt like there were too many references that they were trying. to We
3: only met one other traveler before Wesley could have easily impacted them and made them more Starfleetish with a mission and all that crap.
2: It,
1: it seemed, to again, this is a minor thing because I'm trying to talk about the minor things before we get to the like the real meat of the season but it's like it was something that I felt like it was a little too like fan servicey but like it felt like not good because it was just a lot of fan service
3: See, I loved that Wesley came back and we finally had adult Wesley that actually was, you know.
1: I, I'm not against Will Wheaton coming um, back. I just felt like the way they did it was the way that I didn't like.
3: And I was also really happy that they remembered he was a traveler considering <laughs> everything else that they've forgotten. And the fact that they've, they've clearly forgotten that Wesley was a traveler before considering, you know, he was at their wedding. And See, people
1: have issues with him in Nemesis. I never had an issue with him in Nemesis because I'm like, he just decided to hang out at the wedding. Like that doesn't mean he wasn't a traveler. He was in Star uniform
3: uniform.
4: Q has a Starfleet <laughs> uniform. It doesn't mean that he graduated no. from the academy. Yeah, but Wesley respects that. Q doesn't.
1: Yeah. I don't think he do- a- after after how he left Next Gen, he didn't really respect Starfleet or the Academy anymore. Like that was the oh. whole his
4: whole deal. That's why he left. Well then he if if he came to the wedding he respected them enough to respect their beliefs. He yeah. trying to blend in.
1: <laughs> I mean that's not I don't know just, mm-hmm. I just I I never had a problem with Nemesis. I didn't think they were saying he wasn't a traveler anymore. I've I had
3: was... a lot of problems with Nemesis. Well, I mean that
2: aspect of <laughs> Nemesis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> People get really bent out of shape about Wesley at the wedding and I'm like I, I, I don't. <laughs> It's fine.
3: I mean, he doesn't even speak, so maybe it was just a hologram. <laughs> he, he's projection. grinning so much because
1: he's like, I'm in one of the movies. And you can know, you just see, like, this grin.
2: Like... <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it's actually just Beverly being lonely and projecting a hologram over Oh, son. God. <laughs> <laughs> if he had made him starfleet.
4: Oh. Uh. Or 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 it's like a Wesley from an alternate universe where you no, it's been. her it's her
1: uh, it's her emergency medical like son or whatever. Yeah. Like, please state the emotional her, issue or whatever. Her emergency yeah. uh, emergency support son. Yeah,
3: emergency support. <laughs> emotional support. Son, emotional support. Yeah, way.
1: yeah, like most people like actually like use it for like pets, but like you no, know, she just creates her son. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Okay, now I feel bad that we're making fun of actual, you know, like, real stuff. But Okay, okay right, anyway.
4: I, I think the person we're really making fun here when you think about it is Barkley. Because that would be something he would totally do. Yes, would be. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and his actor is total trash, so it's fine. Oh, really, Dwight Schultz?
1: <laughs>
4: Yeah. I, I don't know much about him in real life i didn't I didn't know he was huh anything wrong with I didn't know that him. yeah I didn't know he had a life beyond his parts so,
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> ah! <laughs> I guess well, it makes sense <laughs> Well, he always
1: plays and, like crazy characters. so
3: him and Ichcheb are you know along the same train of thoughts in real life. Hmm. So, but, yeah, I don't follow either of them. I just occasionally see their their shenanigans pop up in Star Trek groups. Oh, okay.
4: <laughs> But two, I mean, okay, all right. <laughs> Real quick, my thoughts on Gary Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want people to give their thoughts. <laughs> yeah, uh so uh, well, I feel like I don't mind the fan service because I again I felt like like literally that is that was something I did I did want that I mean I wasn't a around for it obviously but i would have loved that spinoff i thought there was a lot of potential there oh no I, I think just, so too that yeah. would have been a cool show like yeah, yeah yeah i think yeah yeah and and so i also i felt like i just felt like it was handled wrong mm-hmm. by which i mean um granted i don't know what everyone's doing these days and I, i'm sorry to say i don't even know if, terry gar is still around right I, I i i think so but i why didn't we why not cast her have have Picard find her and then she leads him to gary seven recast a, a new a new gary seven um it didn't have to be i agree with you it didn't have to be uh uh the romulan um in, in the part uh i feel like that's literally just and from the very first episode of star trek next generation to now They've dabbled Picard having romantic relationships, mm-hmm. you know, from, and they're like, oh, you know, Picard's, this is his love interest, this is going to be a thing, and then it never freaking happens, and it just felt like they were doing it again, and I'm so over, I, now, to their credit, they explained why this season, they delved into his problems with his mother and explained why he could never get close to people, and okay, cool, doesn't mean I think this one's going to be any different, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, so I just felt like it was a wasted opportunity. I would have loved to have seen Terry Gar see him meet Terry Gar at the park, and she leads him to a, 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 a Gary Seven. And I didn't even have a problem with them working for the travelers or a traveler. It doesn't mean that, like, the travelers are overseeing it all, but they might just have an association with – and, like, you know, they're like – the travelers are like, hey, this path would lead to a better outcome, you know, just uh, – um, and that, I think that's there's a potential there for all I know, series. but
1: like Wesley shows up like he's Nick Fury, like, welcome to the Traveler <laughs> Initiative. And it's just like, okay, like this doesn't seem like the Travelers, but all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: I mean, at that point, it was getting to kind of like fan service to uh, the nth degree. Yeah. Right, I don't want to forget that. Joke. I just didn't hate it.
3: <laughs> One thing I find interesting, though, about the implications of us finding out about Picard's childhood is that shows that his brother was a stepbrother
4: no it doesn't
3: brother
4: yeah i didn't get that it does not at all. they
1: said that his brother you was away mentioned... at school
3: yeah they did
1: they did i because i was oh. looking for that i was paying attention for any reference to the brother because i was like they forgot he had a brother but they did slip in that his oh. brother was away at like a boarding school
3: okay i completely missed that line then and yeah. i i concluded it like they never mentioned his brother well that adds a bit of rivalry to them because they're like half brothers then or okay but apparently i just missed a line about him being at school so never mind my my enthusiasm yeah see
4: that episode they remembered you know
1: (laughs) 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 well it's funny because you can almost tell that they had their scripts done and then somebody raised their hand and gave them a few (laughs) points because right at the end they're like um Um, remember Picard like saw his mom and she was an old lady and you know the one where they're in the place where your thoughts become real and so they had to like really hastily throw in an explanation at the end That's like oh sometimes I just imagine like what my mother would be like if she had grown old and blah 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 and it's just like oh that's so like them trying to fix something that they finally noticed was a problem and it was just like oh because it felt so awkward for him to do that to just say like oh you know sometimes I still think of my mother and imagine Mm -hmm. her growing old and i imagine her having tea and me talking with her and i'm like oh god you're just (laughs) (laughs) it would have been better if you had just pretended you'd like you know like just ignored it because that the explanation was more awkward than ignoring it but um yeah but yeah they they did remember a few things yeah Wait, wait, are you talking about the Nexus and Generations? No, no, no. I'm talking about the season one of Next Gen. There's the Traveler episode. They go to a place where thoughts become real. And there's a scene where Picard sees his mother and she's having tea and he sits down with her. She's an old lady. And so he's thinking about his mother and, you know, he has tea with her. And then later in, in Picard, like it's like the last episode or the next to last. He's it must be the last one. Um, he says, like, you know, after they reveal yeah. that she had died back then and everything, like he like gives this info dump of, you know, sometimes I still imagine her and I imagine her as she would be if she was still <laughs> alive. And she's having tea and I sit down and I talk with her. And it's just like, oh, like, just just to explain that season one episode. <laughs> it's just like, oh, guys, that was so awkward. Um, there's this uh, there's this meme that's been going around Facebook and it's like a picture of a horse. And it's like super hyper realistic, and like the like the hat back half, and then it's just like like a line drawing, like a child does on the front half, and it's like Star Trek Picard, like first half, and it's the the really nice, like really well depicted, and then second half, and it's the hastily drawn line drawing, and that's how I kind of feel about the season because, yeah, it 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 kind of meandered yeah. <laughs> and got off track towards the end, but um,
3: Jerry Ryan kicked ass. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. All right, so yeah, let's let's first get to. The thing we're dancing around now which is the picard trauma storyline Juliet. i uh, i know because we had an offline talk months ago about that so why don't you say like you know what what did you think about uh you know like the whole you know like uh the sort of trauma and the how they depicted that and and you know the uh you know that that side of this uh season
0: i really enjoyed it i i, I appreciated finding i thought that there were ways i've always thought there were better ways uh to show that picard has how he deals with trauma to show you know that the traumatized side much better than they showed in generations picard is never ever going to break down in front of anybody sobbing like a child i'm sorry that was wrong that scene never should have happened in front of Deanna, and i hated every moment of it um when he's going to have trauma it's going to be very differently and it's going to be very different for me seeing how he had like blocked his own memory and changed it to because he felt so guilty the guilt of all of that just was too much for him especially at such a young age I love the way that they portrayed it it broke my heart every time ta- the, mo- the more that I learned what really happened and it made Picard feel much more human you know he's not the superhero cap Starfleet captain he has his own dark past even if he's the one making it darker than maybe he it really needs to be his poor mother um also that makes me worried about what runs in his family um but uh we can see where he gets his good looks from because we have gaius baltar as his (laughs) father and i'm never not gonna love that (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh but it was it was hard for me to watch sometimes like having had Close friends and such that have committed Mm. suicide, and you know, the guilt that you have wondering, did you do enough or were you, did you say something in the end uh, that may have done something? But I thought it was good. I've liked the way they portrayed it, I felt it was well done. I felt like it revealed and connected certain things in Picard's history and past, and the way he does things, the way he acts. It explains very well why he does not get into relationships or you know be in them for very long of course not The mean the very first person the very first woman he's ever loved even you know not romantically but just like it's his mom mm-hmm. and he feels like he's responsible for her death he feels like he killed her yeah so he feels i i as a child i can see how you connect that to i can't let anybody get close to me because they will die
2: all right uh stephanie
0: no i
3: geez, Juliet, and i are just on the same page with quite a few things here um no i thought they portrayed it well um it, it did explain a lot of his own way of dealing with things i mean in a way it even kind of retcons the fact that he like doesn't acknowledge lacutus for so damn long um rather than it just being episodic and oh we got over that so it's nothing to talk about it kind of explains why he bottles it up and doesn't really mention it again for a decade or Whatever, however much time
1: passed. Um, oh, forget Lacutis! Like Rachel and I have this thing where we talk about like Picard is the most traumatized man in the universe. Oh, yeah. Spent a lifetime like on another world oh, yeah, with a wife the and too? family. You know, like like we, we came up with like half a dozen things just in the show without even the season of Picard. Right? Oh no, it's just, this man like, is a just so many
2: traumas. Compartmentalizing things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no,
3: he he clearly has. A way of dealing with tr- i mean hell it, it plays into why he got so so cocky in um in the academy and it, it was just his way of dealing with everything going on in his life he just went ahead and challenged the uh, oh crap i'm forgetting what species it was but you know when he gets stabbed and massacred I, I thought you said Moklin, and I was no, like, no. wait, that's the wrong show.
1: <laughs> Nausikens. Play Domjot human?
3: <laughs> now I'm picturing Bordis.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not Far Cry away, but...
2: No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> hey, was, um, was,
4: he, was he trying to divorce Bordis and got stabbed? Is that how it works?
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Alrighty. Anyways. Um yeah, I mean, he he just
0: I lost my train of thought about Thanks to the damn orville mystery. Trauma, Picard, the way he was acting and start he acted in the academy.
3: Oh yeah. Um because
0: he just doesn't handle anything
3: well up until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the, the trauma that he went through with his childhood. Um and so at that point, he's just acting out and gets himself stabbed, which at least reigns him in a little bit, which makes him bottle everything else up when, you know, we start meeting the most traumatized man in the galaxy <laughs> um, and, and following his adventures. Because, yeah, as we keep talking here now, I'm thinking of everything that does happen to poor.
1: Luke. yeah um, Like tortured by Cardassians for weeks, you know, like he's yeah. he's got all sorts of trauma.
3: Yeah, he does. <laughs> um and now he's an android, and <laughs>
1: yeah. They don't treat that one as a trauma though.
0: No, they don't. Did you think about was I the only one who got worried about like you know his father is dead, and you know that he didn't he must not have had a good relationship with his father from that point up to the end to his mm-hmm. father's death. And it makes you wonder, how much guilt is he now going to carry from realizing what his father was trying to protect him from? And now he's like, well, crap. My dad wasn't the monster I thought he was.
3: I mean, I I do find it kind of funny, though, that his dad was played by Gaius Baltar, and the type of android he is is really more like a Cylon than it is (laughs) whatever (laughs) Data was.
1: I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Oh. I was just waiting for you to say hubba hubba for Gaius Baltar.
0: <laughs> I mean, well, I'm not gonna argue there. He's a slime ball and battle star, but he's very pretty.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, no, I'm sorry. I just like I just like that the term you used for John Delancey was hubba hubba. It's like so <laughs> retro. I just love that. I wanted to hear it again. But uh, hi
3: Nathan, have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> All
4: right, Ryan.
3: Yes, Gaius Baltar, hubba hubba. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I
4: love it. <laughs> All right, right. Uh, uh, okay, so for my like twelfth DragonCon reference for this episode, <laughs> um, Lou I, the, wasn't in this. <laughs> Lou Frigno was not in this. But I remember like the first panel I went to that had uh, James Callis on it. Uh, a woman in in the crowd said. She got up to ask her question, and she said, "Once I get to James Callis, once I got over you being the evil Doctor Bashir, you know, I love you, <laughs> and that stuck in my head all this time. And so when I saw him come up on the screen, I was like, yes, <laughs> you know, this is so perfect. Uh, playing, you no, know, wearing, you know, basically the DS Nine uniform mm-hmm. and uh, playing uh, you know, a therapist.
1: Yeah, Beth uh, it thought it was just, Bashir, and I had to say, no, yeah. it's not Bashir. Okay,
3: that makes me feel so much better because for a moment there, I'm like, holy shit." Why is Bashir here?
1: <laughs> and why is he a counselor? Tim, like, yeah.
3: Yeah, Tim is actually the one who looked at me and was like, that guy is Baltar. I'm like, "Whoosh!" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so it makes me feel so much better that seeing him in the blue uniform that you guys also thought that he was Bashir for a moment there. Um,
4: yeah, quick quick tangent since we're on the topic of it, but I'm told Alexander Siddig is also quite attractive these days, more so than Oh uh, yeah, I DL saw Nine. him on Gotham. Yeah. Um, he
1: was Ra's <laughs> al Ghul on Gotham and he, ah. yeah, yeah, I know he still looks pretty good, yeah. He's got yeah. the nice like sort of peppering in his hair now, so like, you know, he's he's aged pretty well that, you
2: know, it's
3: <laughs>
4: Yeah,
2: Damn, I hate I'm people like old, that. And
3: I'm really turning into <laughs> (laughs) turning on to these silver foxes here. (laughs) I mean, if you see my partner, he went completely gray at like 17. So maybe that's playing into it. Even though he does dye his hair darker, he still keeps, yeah, maybe there's a predisposition that I'm just starting to acknowledge. I'm just
1: happy I'm doing a Reed Richards you can't tell on the video, but I'm doing a Reed Richards. I'm just graying at the temples. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's what I wanted. I wanted just the gray at the temples.
4: That's I'm good. I I got I got all y'all beat. I was going gray at 13. And now I'm starting to do Patrick Stewart up here. So you know. You know.
3: I've just got one really long gray hair that's like
4: that <laughs> yeah i started it's
1: graying in college streak. but once i got out like it went back to like color again so it's
4: like college i again you. you know so yeah. Yeah. At, at, at 13 my mom was sending me to buy her cigarettes so you know i mean <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looked like you know? but uh there was, speaking of moms back to see how that worked <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Perfect, segue. perfect segue yeah exactly um so i uh, it was the storyline was objectively beautiful and well-written and um totally not star trek which i'm fine with um you know i mean yeah it's not star trek in a good way it's not yeah (laughs) yeah, exactly, exactly It was new territory i mean they basically taken a character and delved deep deep and take took an an entire season to do it Mm -hmm. and delve deep into his problems you know uh his entire life and when you and it's not even just his problems because we we learned from his ancestor you know his mother and even him even though he's hit it a lot better but this you know depression is like apparently a genetic factor with his family and and it's been passed on and it's not even that it's prevented him from from getting close to people i think it's like there's a part of picard that's glad that he is the last picard his Mm -hmm. brother and nephews are gone you know uh he's um uh He's 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 it. And when he passes, there will be no more parts. I think I think that's what he's actually secretly wanted this whole time. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, I just think delving into it's, it literally it's turned into a therapy session, but it's, it's just been fascinating to watch. And if you've ever seen uh, Patrick Stewart talk about his mother and his father in real life uh it was when this first started happening i and 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 they j- cast james Callis to be his father i, I thought it, it didn't go the way i thought it was gonna go let's just put it that way i really thought based on his real life experiences and and based on that casting like i don't know where this is gonna go and it's, it's gonna be rough and it still was rough but in an entirely uh, a different way but it was um sad and and tragic and um just something that I, I for the character of Jean Luc Picard, it was something that I never even realized I needed. Uh, but just to, I, I feel like I know him better than I've than I've ever known any Star Trek character, um, and probably ever will. And it was just uh, um, I don't know, man. It was just like yeah, I, I was there for it from beginning. To end. It could have literally just been the entire series. I didn't need him, you know, running through dream tunnels and everything. It could have just been him and James Callis, you know, talking back and forth for ten episodes, and I would have watched uh, all of it.
1: Yeah no I I appreciated the like the discussion of mental health and doing yeah. it in a way where like Picard is sort of our entry into that um I I questioned the need to go here just because it's like a new trauma when i felt like he has so many traumas that we could (laughs) get into you know and discuss mental health from that lens but i mean i'm fine with them doing that and revealing that there is yet more trauma it's like a russian doll you just keep pulling it back (laughs) and there's just more trauma underneath
4: so you know i feel bad for him but i mean (laughs) the 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 Picards are the luckiest and unluckiest people at the same frigging time. You'll be the first person in Europa. You'll be the captain of the of the Federation flagship. Or, you know, your entire family is gonna die and you know you're gonna have depression your whole life, or both at the same time. I mean, it's just you know, it's crazy. You know, or you'll be an android, yeah, you know. <laughs>
1: I don't know. They don't treat the android one as a problem, though. They just treat that as like, you know, hey, like good fun, good on you, dude. You get to live longer, you it know. So I took don't know. a it's... while
3: for them to even acknowledge it, and I was like, oh man, yeah. are they gonna forget what they did already?
4: <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, if if I was in the, if I, if I got put into an android body and it, like I'm I'm 90 or however old uh, Picard's so supposed to be at this time, and I had looked like Tom Hardy when I was younger, <laughs> I would have been like really <laughs> you know i don't I, know yeah, but you know uh maybe he can get an upgrade later on or something who knows you know
1: yeah well no i think the point was that he didn't want like they said like it was designed to run down as if he had like, what's like whatever really... is a normal human lifespan of the 24th century it's you know extremely
4: so. convenient right yeah. no I, I know like
1: i i i get that yeah <laughs> because we can't like we because we can't just like have our actor suddenly be younger we have to yeah and yeah but, um, but no, I, I liked that they, they dealt with a real mental health kind of issue. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it was one of those things where I think kind of like what you were saying, Ryan, like, I knew when we were getting the flashbacks that what Picard was seeing wasn't real. And I got that it was a mental health thing pretty quickly. But exactly how that was going to express itself was the thing because, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was the dad was the problem or if it was depressed like, those were the two that i was sort of going back and forth it's like is, is this like extreme depression from the mom or is this uh the dad is like abusing her in some yeah. way oh, and it yeah. took Repressed a while to abuse. like sort of yeah. like yeah like where where are we going with this one but yeah but still yeah it seemed it seemed strange it wasn't something i expected but it was like i'm here for this journey because i think that that worked out pretty well now you know the whole reason for it because he has to hook up with the romulan woman in the future i was kind of like i i don't know that we needed that as the reason for it either q could have just been like hey man you know (laughs) i'm gonna help you work some stuff out you know (laughs) um but (laughs) i was like okay come on
0: no magic cures man
1: it's fine (laughs) you know that's it's so that he can you know hook up with the romulan woman that's that's fine uh I I felt like her importance, the importance of that character and of her ancestor was one of those things that I was like, you know, since there was other stuff in the season, I wish was expanded. That was something that's the only reason I bring that up is I felt like
4: that was it. it, it was more than it needed to be um i'm not sure does it suck to be the guy who played her husband and be like yeah we're killing your character off just so that we can hook up or up with the card well do we know <laughs> that
1: that was it or did he or did he leave and so then they just decided that they would go this way with her character i don't know that. yeah i mean he they killed him oh. i
4: don't know why
3: i kind of assumed it was that hmm. they killed him off screen though so i thought it was just the actor wasn't coming back
4: right That could have been COVID. Who knows?
1: Right. There's all sorts of reasons why, you know, that might have happened. So yeah, I'm not going to say that they just like, you know, wrote, you know, fired him. Like it could have just been he didn't come back. And so they were like, oh, well, now we but we're getting her back. So we could, you know, do, you know, do this storyline. So yeah, it (laughs) might just all be that. But but I'm kind of curious because I mean it is something I've brought up with in relation to her, but they did that all over. They did that with um God, I should have looked up everybody's names ahead of time. Data's daughter what's her name dodge and then they also have her in the past as Corey, right well
3: that's because apparently the soons only have two genetic makeups and it's either uh <laughs> what's her name i isa byron's i think it's her name i don't know how to pronounce it um or it's Brett Spiner. Oh,
4: Brent Spiner. Yeah. You, know, you know, you do
1: it once. You do it with Brent Spiner and it's kind of like, okay, wink and a nod. We've done that a half dozen times with Brent yeah. Spiner already. Okay. Yeah, it's,
3: it's almost a joke But now. But, but <laughs> now, when you're doing it
1: with like multiple characters, like I felt like their desire to keep the same actors and just like say like, oh, mm-hmm. they'll take on new roles in the past was kind of like, eh. yeah, it, it felt a little too much to me. I'm just curious what you guys thought. Again, it's not a huge thing, but it's just something that I just felt like you could have like just cast new actors. Into these roles, it'd be fine. Um, no,
3: I thought the same thing, especially for uh, Corey. Um, now, I like the fact that they originally cast someone for the Data uh, clones, whatever we're going, whatever they were referred to in the first season. I like the fact that they cast someone who does resemble um, Data's daughter in as the twins. Um, but yeah, having her be soon number one whatever um have her be his daughter it's just like wow there there's really not a lot of genetic variety and variety in this family (laughs) however i did see a fan theory that since this soon was a geneticist and not a um not a Uh, robotic-centric expert that he basically just altered their DNA so that any man in the family would end up looking like him for (laughs) generations going on. And I will totally buy that (laughs) headcanon. Because
1: at the end, they reveal that he's the one behind Khan, too. And I'm like, well, why why didn't Khan look like Brent Spiner?
4: (laughs) Not necessarily.
3: (laughs) He hadn't yet perfected it.
4: (laughs) yeah i mean just yeah real quick on that one they gave him a file you know that was labeled Khan and it was dated like 96 or something like that so i suspect they just gave him the con because by that point in time theoretically Khan is frozen you know somewhere out in space so yeah well i mean but you know so i don't know if he just is going to again this is what i'm saying they just threw all this out there for future series future explorations but yeah maybe he's going to continue that work or what I I
1: disagree Ryan I think that they're trying to redate the eugenics war to sometime after the 2020s because I mean if Khan was born in like 96 he wouldn't have been an adult yet and so i think that they're trying to like i do think they're going to do a series about the eugenics war or do something new because even pike in strange new worlds he um, uh he he says something like it's like the 2030 something is when the eugenics war happens
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's in the the first
1: episode of strange new Worlds, stephanie oh yeah Yeah.
0: that's right it's not any news that the eugenics wars led to the third world war
1: no 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 what but 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 in the but in the original series it was in the 1990s that the third world war happened. I'm saying that they're reformatting the timeline now to say that the third world war happened in the 2030s. Um but just because it they're trying to keep the
4: past as close to our past in the real world as possible. I don't think there's any argument. I mean it's all somehow connected. They they they've done a fantastic job of from like, you know, 1970 through to basically 2025 of keeping it just vague enough. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, or, or through first contact, I should say, actually, um, of when and where everything happened. But yeah, there's been the implication that the Eugenics War led into World War III, Um, but there could have still been a gap between them. And and there is like beta canon that the Eugenics War did happen in the 90s, and it's just secret. It's like, it like a Cold War type thing. Yeah. Um, and it's also possible that Khan was augmented and not necessarily uh, born you know genetically uh, uh genetically no
1: and it's fair i i think it's pretty i mean at least from what i'm seeing from them and across the different series it seems yeah. to me though that they're trying to push the time in the same way like what i was saying with marvel that they're going to have to bring magneto's origin forward yeah. they're going to do yeah. the same thing with con and everything and say like that happened in the 2030s not the 1990s to try to like leave the past as close to ours as, as they can
0: i just actually like looked it up and apparently no they're not trying to re-augment the timeline uh pike references a second civil war um which was a second round of which was also a second round of eugenics war. so khan is indeed frozen at this point that ha- already happened in the 90s as the file indicates, uh, and then soon was uh, responsible for kind of bringing about more hmm. and stuff so they're trying to augment the timeline
1: I mean, until it's actually stated in a series, I don't know that we can take anything we read online. But um, yeah, no, I mean it's fine, and maybe and maybe that is what's going on with it. So I mean, I mean,
0: Pike does say second civil war, so right. just saying.
1: I mean, he also mentions eugenic wars in that same statement because you
0: can only have one eugenic. Right, war. I, I, I'm just saying.
4: I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying it was it was mentioned. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I just want to be grateful Pike didn't mention the third Civil War. You know, so, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just I, I think uh, I I just kind of think of um, when I saw that and him getting the file, I was thinking more of along the lines of, um, you know, the U.S. has a long proud history of stealing brilliant evil scientists, and uh, so that's kind of what I got from that. You know, we mm-hmm. got the con information, and now soon it's just going to continue it no okay though no, that's fine i mean like i say
1: it seems odd to me that the 2020s would be like that if the eugenics were but i, I get that people have tried to reconcile that before so you know i'm not gonna go down that road um <laughs> you know it should all be a wasteland but you know <laughs> but everybody's living a happy life um but speaking about speaking about retcons all right speaking about retcons uh europa and the single-celled life form that will form the basis for all the good that will happen in the federation like did anybody else kind of go like wait a minute like what 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 is the because i mean the what i thought that it would just be like hey like she captains the ship and you know it helps them establish some technological stuff that they'll need that you know uh Cochran will need later and you know if that doesn't happen that will screw that up and you know etc but like then they're like oh no like you won't have like you know any of the good stuff the federation has you know the purity or whatever because you'll discover the single-celled life form on europa which you know kind of goes in the face of you know the first proof of alien life was the vulcans and you know all that kind of stuff so you know like i don't know what do you guys think about that because it just seemed bizarre to me
3: intelligent alien life no
1: and that's yeah (laughs) i mean it's obviously yeah or
3: sentient or whatever you want
1: right not a sentient life form it just yeah Mm -hmm. i but you know when you look at first contact and you look how everything is is somebody really sitting around like preserving something and then later like it'll come out and be like the basis for them i don't know it just seemed awkward it seemed unnecessary
3: it could be that it's another one of those, uh, as, as you just said, the U.S. Wait, was that you or was that Ryan? Who just said the U.S. has a history of uh, harboring or taking in evil scientists. Um, it could just be that while we're in history the state says of that devastation. <laughs> well, one of you had actually said it in the, the podcast. I, I know it's a fact.
2: Teasing. <laughs> uh, I I'm not remember <laughs>
3: which one of you said it. Um, but anyways. It could be that it's just while the world is in the disheveled state that it is during First Contact and Cochrane coming up with Warp Drive, um, that that's just a completely separate thing that's still going on, and the Vulcans end up bringing it more to common knowledge Mm. and to the good side, to the light side of the Force. Oh, wait, wrong franchise.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I I was also frustrated by the flashback to the Vulcans that the FBI agent or CIA agent or whatever he was had because it's it's this problem i'm having a lot with sci-fi stuff lately is that they don't consider the fact that technology like changes over time and so it's like we see vulcans with working transporters in the you know 1990s and again is it possible sure but usually technology changes and improves over time and when you look at how much they struggled in enterprise you know with transporter tech and everything, it just seems like kind of weird that like, you know, like the Vulcans had reliable transporter technology that far back in time. You know. Um that... but I
3: mean, also looking at discover or uh, at enterprise, how much were the Vulcans actually helping? No, I know. <laughs> I know I just... like here, you silly humans, you <sighs> just watch and and secretly laugh while you try to figure it out.
4: I know. <laughs> Vulcans are very secretive then, and you also have to remember, and that's like from from the FBI agent's time to Enterprise, it's like, what, two generations for Vulcans? I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's it's not that that long. If you want to talk about techno- technology problems and sci-fi shows, let's talk about Sungs you know, force field drones and, and everything that he had in his lab. I mean, that's what completely threw me out, you know. But see,
1: but anything that happens before a big war can be explained by the tech was lost. You know, after <laughs> after the big war hit, so that one to me is not as big a problem as like, why are we still like struggling with unreliable transporters? You know, hundreds of years later, when the Vulcan like they're not even worried about it; they just like beam because up like
2: quickly. You know, like
3: are jerks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that's like the entire premise of Enterprise is the Vulcans are. No, jerks.
1: I-, I get that. I get that. It's just. Like, like it, this is a, this is something though that I have a problem with in a lot of franchises. It's just like technology changes over time. Like, and people just treat the future as if it's one place where everything happens like the same. <laughs> and it's like there should be incremental developments. You know, like like that's how things were, or 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 a huge development if you encounter another race that has like a huge thing and you get some of their tech. But you know, like it should be like at least in a direction.
4: <laughs> what, what what you what you. What this really illustrates is that all this time the Vulcans have had their own prime directive, which they were applying to humanity all through enterprise and up until the founding of the Federation, you know? <laughs> I mean they
3: yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs>
4: Yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, it's like like their whole oh, time travel doesn't exist. They knew better you know, throughout all of it. Yeah, I mean, don't trust a Vulcan up until yeah. Spock. Well, Vulcans
3: yeah. don't lie. Yeah.
4: <laughs> they exaggerate. <you> know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh,
1: yeah, so we have our darkest timeline.
4: <laughs> so, Ryan, what do you think of our darkest timeline? I mean, uh, the trophy room was really cool. Yeah. I've that scene multiple times. That's another. <laughs> well,
1: that's another fun one where it's
4: like, let's throw out as many references as we can, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many Easter eggs can we get in there? <laughs> um, I, it it was uh, it was fine. I, I it, for for its purposes. Uh, mm-hmm. I honestly, I would have liked to have spent another episode or two exploring it. I. I <laughs> The here's the thing, not to get like, like too ultra political or whatever, but like Picard has delved deep into the Federation becoming isolationist, becoming militaristic, becoming just kind of darker. And this dark timeline is kind of, I think, what Picard and we as viewers are supposed to be afraid of what the Federation is becoming in, in the prime timeline. Um, obviously to an extreme there. Uh it, it was it's kind of neat to see Picard as a conqueror. I, but I, honestly, I kind of wish they had spent half the season in that dark timeline and then half the season in twenty twenty-five. Uh, just it, it's just we were not there long enough to truly to truly appreciate it for all that it, it could have been. And I just honestly want. um I, it Just everything's been screwed up ever since McCoy saved Edith Keeler. <laughs> I mean, <you> know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So that's my thought. On that.
1: <laughs> you know, like 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 in the beginning I was kind of like, uh, you know, for all this stuff to still be for all these people to still exist when the change was that far back, I was having major problems with it until like I realized that oh, this is all just something Q just created. Like Q just yeah. micromanaged this into existence. And so like once you realize that it wasn't just one change, it was Q just like manipulating things so that all these people would be there so that they could see the scary thing that makes them go back in time. I was like, you know what? That that it's fine enough for me, but uh, it was so. I always like dark futures, so like you know, that's that's always my thing in sci fi. Um, so you know, I, I, I but like
4: you, I, I would have liked to have seen a lot more of it. Um, I would have liked to have explored it more. I think they were just afraid of um, being compared to Discovery and spending so much time in the Mirrorverse.
1: Well, I mean, but here's my thing I wish the change had been closer to the present. So it would have felt more like this is somewhere the Federation could go uh, by, by by present. I mean, Picard's present, you know, like, so it was something that was like, you know, it wouldn't oh. have to be micromanaged by Q. Like you could have just imagined that, oh, like if something had happened 30 years ago, like the Federation would be like this now. And-
0: The brain worms. <laughs> yes! there you go. Those things gave me nightmares.
1: i saw me oh you sent me the meme stephanie never mind yes i was like i saw a meme about those things lately (laughs) recently yeah that was me (laughs) god they just, for all the references they're pulling out, it's like, would you please just resolve the stinking signal that was sent out so that more of the, I mean, you guys are saying worms. They look more like spiders to me, but anyway.
3: Whatever. They were things in the brain. yeah. Right.
1: I, I want that resolved.
3: I think I keep saying worm because they did kind of seem to evolve into the trill. And... Oh, oh, oh,
1: yeah. The queen looked like, uh, the queen one looked like a worm, but yeah, the little ones like looked like little spiders that were scurrying yeah. around, but yeah. Yeah. Um, that breathe through your neck or whatever you know
3: i keep getting excited that they're going to reference that and they never do
1: i really (laughs) thought in discovery when they showed the scar on the back of the guy's neck i thought that was what it was was like they're finally doing it
3: (laughs) so excited and then oh no it's just a slave collar mark
4: (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) i mean if you were you could mine star trek for so many Dropped plot lines and stories and like like where the where the frick did the humpback whales go? You know, I mean, what planet Anderson. are they from? I know. the, oh, uh, oh, the probe? The probe? Where the probe yeah. Oh, there's a yeah. novel. <laughs>
2: beta canon. Got it. I know <laughs> it's <know>.
1: beta canon. <laughs> yeah. I have that novel. It's just called Probe oh <laughs>
0: what a name that does not sound right
1: hey if you saw star trek 4 and wondered what in the world was that like here here's a novel
2: for you
0: you know <laughs> well.
4: that's the thing about star trek fans we can like explain i can make the 2009 movie make sense you know so it's yeah we can do it all it's just none of it's canon you know? <laughs>
3: see earlier part of this time con- of uh, this podcast
4: <laughs> okay but
1: the, the, my one problem with the darkest timeline was i'm sorry i still don't buy that they just like defeated the borg you know like <laughs> i don't care how like much like more aggressive they were in this timeline the the Borg just need to assimilate some people and then they have all your tech and all your knowledge and all your everything and if you're going to tell me they somehow destroyed the Borg without a single person getting assimilated, I call shenanigans. So, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I have a problem with that. But, you know, oh, well.
3: Well, see, I like the idea that the reason that every other race always falls to the Borg is because they're so predictable. And then there's humans who are just like, here, hold my beer, and they'll do anything. <laughs> and that's why humanity keeps managing to at least fend off the Borg. Oh. um so, yeah, even if they did assimilate some, there's still going to be some other idiot who's going to be like, here, hold my beer, and they're going to manage to when you, you've got the evil strain going instead mm. of the, the Federation goodness.
4: I kind of subscribe to the Borg farming uh, theory. Um, which is, I mean, why do the Borg just always only send one cube at a time Mm -hmm. uh, to the Federation? And the theory there is that, you know, the Borg are incapable of innovation. So, but they've realized that humans, or at least the Federation, can come up with wonderful technologies and wonderful increases like in the matter of a few years so they just send one cube every 10 years or so to assimilate a few people to get that technology and bring it back they don't want to conquer uh the federation because we're they're farming us they're farming the federation for technology
3: i've never heard that one i like no that.
1: I, I like that idea though i mean yeah i would explain why because yeah i mean you think about the fact that there's like like whole like stretches of the galaxy that are all borg and it's like with that num with those numbers why aren't they just like unmass, like just like conquering sections of the galaxy at a time and if they're farming
2: yeah
1: that makes a lot more sense it might not just it wouldn't be just be the federation they're doing that like all over they're just like oh you guys have something so we'll pull that and we'll pull that and we'll pull that and then we'll let you Mm -hmm. guys develop new stuff and then we'll pull that and pull that and pull that yeah Yeah, exactly so it actually makes a lot of sense
3: i still think that's how we ended up with the queen being introduced is that was a concept they assimilated and thought it worked maybe it was poor Um, writing <laughs> hey as brian was just saying we star trek fans can make anything make sense and to me it's they assimilated some culture that had that concept of the queen and they thought it would work.
1: well this is the thing like 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 this is the thing that star trek does all the time though we have the implacable like horrible foe and then we humanize it and I mean, I think this is sort of the <laughs> end point of humanizing the Borg was this season of Picard, which gives oh, us definitely. a nice intro to talking about the Borg Queen in this in this season. So we have our alternate Borg Queen who is the last of the Borg in her timeline um, and, uh, and all that stuff that goes on with it. I... I felt like I was watching one of those horror movies where you're telling the person, like, how can you be so stupid? Like get away. You know, like every time Gerardi was interacting with the board queen, because it was just like, Oh my God. Like I kept waiting for it to happen. I was like, Oh God, you're going to get assimilated. I can't believe, you know, <laughs> it's <just> like... yep. <laughs> but the threat was inter- like, like, like I liked it, but again, it was something that I felt like towards the end was poorly handled, but up all the tension in the beginning, And all the stuff that they were doing with her and the Borg Queen and then seeing, like, in her mind, like, the Borg Queen was sitting next to her, you you know, like, and and the interactions and everything. I liked that. Um, But then it just turned to. The
3: only one I didn't really like in that whole thing was when she suddenly started singing and, like, the spotlight was right on her. The band (laughs) was playing along with this random woman. Um, Like, yeah. Hey,
1: Star Trek fans can explain anything.
3: That one I'm having trouble coming up with, like, I can get okay, maybe she started singing the bands just like, okay, we know this song. Sure. Why not? She's got a decent voice. But the spotlight. Yeah, that one's harder to, uh to explain away.
1: But yeah, I, I think that like, again, atmosphere wise and like, and like, you know, like the tension and everything, like they did such a great job. And even after she's uh, like fighting them, you know, after like the board Queen's taking complete control of her body and they have like sort of like those like really intense, you know, fight scenes. All of that was really great. Mm-hmm. And then we go to, oh, like suddenly like, um, um, uh soong has uh like a bunch of mercenaries on speed dial and then she can just touch them to like partially assimilate them She yeah. you know and it's just <laughs> and then at the end it's just like oh we're gonna do a thing to seven so that she ends up having the exact same implants that she would have had anyway and it just became like all right guys like you're just trolling me now and the power of friendship <laughs> makes the board queen like okay I was like, am I watching My Little Pony? Like, what, what is this? You know, it's, it's something that became frustrating as it went on. Like, I liked it in the beginning.
3: Clearly, Gerardi was a big fan of this <laughs> really, really old anime called Sailor Moon. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I knew, as soon and as you started saying of- really old, I knew her where her- you were going.
3: <laughs> her love of Sailor Moon overpowered the Borg Queen. <laughs>
1: power of love and friendship yeah yeah i don't know i mean so again i mean guys tell me if i'm wrong on this what, what do you think about how the borg queen was handled
2: and what they did with it
4: okay uh- <laughs> <laughs> i i mean okay i i don't know if i mentioned this in season one review but i felt like voyager really just destroyed the borg really just weakened them and just made them not scary or or anything like that and -hmm. while season one of picard and and season two didn't quite bring them up to that next generation level of just being like like oh my god this is it this is the end it did bring back some menace it did bring back some sense of 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 just implacable horror uh to the borg um and as far as this Borg queen goes and her relationship with Gerardi and everything, you kind of have to remember this board queen doesn't technically exist. She was created by Q in this alternate reality. And at, at that, um she's kind of an amalgamation of girardi and herself because she's residing in girardi's head like Gerardi said you got into my head but i also got into yours Mm -hmm. so it's it's i guess kind of think of it as a um evil trill you know the borg queen is the evil trill and girardi's the host and this is the product of the two um kind of but rather than just fighting each other for eternity they've come to kind of a dark balance of, of just consent which is you know i guess it's one way to go um so, But it's also maybe a question of when you take – actually, we kind of saw this with Hugh as well. When you take a, a Borg, a drone or a queen or whatever, and separate them from the collective, they start growing and evolving on their own because they're not you know, locked into that collective. So th- this queen was separated from everything. Granted, her plan was originally to contact uh, the collective back in 2025, um, but over time, she just kind of became an individual. And then she became something more with Girardi.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of that presupposes the nature of the queen within the collective that I I don't presuppose, but, you know, that is, (laughs) they never do explain how that works very well. um, Because I always assume that the queen, being a queen, is not, Assimilated in the same way that drones are. Like her personality is always existent, and she just controls everybody else like a puppet master. She can get their memories, but she just controls them. She's not
4: like merged like the like the others are. My understanding of her, and granted, they can change it however. Oh, right, yeah, because the queen has always been nebulous how they have portrayed it. Yes, but she was just the personification of the Borg. She was just the whole collective given voice Mm. you know um kind of how i what i went with it but yeah
3: i still think there's multiple born queens and like yeah they oversee x amount of ships or quadrants or whatever
1: i think you have to at least assume that the queen has like copied her personality multiple times Mm -hmm. because the queen's been destroyed multiple times and yet the queen still pops up so i'm not sure if it's separate actual like personalities or if it's the same being but just copied in multiple locations
4: there are in in new social insects and ants and bees there are you know example especially in ants examples of super colonies having multiple queens yet still being you know basically one living organism the entire Mm -hmm. colony so yeah it stands to reason um that there would be multiple queens maybe there's a a queen for each species or each species type um
3: and like season one of picard kind of lent to the idea that there are multiple queens with seven being like i can become a borg queen i was kind of being groomed to be a borg queen blah 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 Um, and
4: season three we learned we learned the existence of the borg empress (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean
1: yeah yeah
4: all right well well
1: but yeah just out of curious like like Juliet, what do you think about how they handled the queen in this
0: i thought it was interesting there were a couple points where i was like I'm not sure about this. I yeah. really liked the first of course interactions when Gerardi is fighting the board queen mm-hmm. and you know the, the the mind games and the the name of the file which was absolutely perfect. Um which for the life of me I can't actually if somebody could google that that would be great and I'll google it here in a minute. But the file that she named the Gerardi named and which they couldn't actually repeat in the recap or the preview or something. <laughs> because of the name of the file i stole from the Boar queen or something like that and i of all the people that i thought i mean we knew she was going to get assimilated mm-hmm. but i was very curious to see how jaradi's personality which is an extraordinarily strong personality for all that she may feel alone and isolated at the same time, she has an amazing sense of self, which I think was competing with the Borg Queen, who I'm not going to say she has an, an exact sense, the same sense of self, and maybe that's what, you know, the Borg Queen actually kind of needed and Jurati needed that connection. I don't know. I find it interesting the way that they they meshed. I I thought some of the scenes where she was trying to pull some weird... The, the, the singing scene just kind of threw me off. I wasn't big on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, she did look like she was trying to do a, a Resident Evil movie type costume at one point with the short skirt with it hanging low in the back. I thought that was interesting. I like that Gerardi was able to take control enough. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought that was fun. I, th- I liked seeing the interaction and the between them. I thought the actress herself pulled that sh- off. Like I was convinced that there was a Borg queen inside this woman, and they were that she took over most of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the the way that we came to the resolution because from the moment that gerardi finally got was assimilated, I was like, I know what's I, I I was pretty sure what happened, you know, in Picard's actual present. It's like mm-hmm. oh, but I I wasn't sure what the full implications would be at that point. Oh yeah, I
3: very quickly realized that
0: that unique
3: for right
1: because there was no other reason to have the queen masked in the present unless it was Girati. like yeah they're trying to keep that from us yeah
3: and the fact that they were making a point that she wasn't harming people Mm -hmm. on the ship and it was fun it very quickly all fell into place and uh yeah it was kind of fun and it did definitely show a lot more range for that actress as well um i have a lot more appreciation for her acting ability um after this season than i did last season
0: you mean other than just being a neurotic scientist who's very codependent right. on people exactly it was very one-dimensional <laughs> <laughs> no this was great she showed some chops in this yeah
1: and mm-hmm. she's not back for season three they they already said that she won't be there so yeah it's kind of sad that she you know see, <laughs> it's like oh we're expanding her character and then like oh but you're not coming back okay. maybe
0: she was just so good that she just got hired for so many other projects
1: it could be yeah no i I don't know exactly what their plan is for season three other than that we're gonna make sure to have everybody that was ever in next gen at least in one episode of season three but you know uh, what
0: give me all the fan service i don't care (laughs) the main
3: villain had better be tasha yar's romulan daughter
1: i so want that i so want that like like, it still still blows my mind it's they've st- said it's not my, it still blows my mind that yeah yeah and it wasn't con in uh, into darkness yeah. ryan so i don't <laughs> just because they right. say it's not doesn't mean
4: that you know it's not but I, I, I agree it's unlikely it's unlikely um but but yeah denise crosby needs to be back in some form
3: she does yeah. and yeah that would be the best way
1: it still blows my mind because as much of a like like you know they wanted to throw in as many like cameos and everything and in, in nemesis as they did the female romulan in nemesis nemesis could have been denise Crosby's.
3: <gasps> oh my gosh i never even thought of that
1: you know like the tasha Yar daughter and i was like why wasn't that because they were like oh well there was nowhere to fit her into the story i'm like there was a character that literally you could have just dropped her in Sila. that's her name they could have just dropped Sila <laughs> into you know the uh that role
3: anytime you had a Romulan there's the role for her right
1: and and it would have made sense that she would have supported Shinzon because there's another like you know human Romulan hybrid you know that was you know yeah. like it would have like you could have like made that like a thing like you know but anyway i digress um there would be
3: some weird implications there if she had been a thing with him
1: <laughs> well no i i didn't mean a thing in the romance like like it could have been a thing that they would have been like like, yes, like know, uh, you know like i allied. There
3: and was like that would have some right. weird implications right.
1: hubba hubba on shins on tom hardy but anyway <laughs>
3: uh, no not really but... <laughs>
1: yeah no i know like everybody loves him now but uh, i don't think they loved him then um no i liked
0: right. him back then but i'm oh, the okay. weird one out you yeah, oh, know okay. have an issue <laughs> with the movie
4: hey wasn't ron perlman in nemesis how about how about on him okay uh, you know. So, well, well yeah juliet <laughs> so just just my two cents uh i i
1: don't think nemesis is great but i think it's better than insurrection and generations oh insurrection
0: um, was abysmal and generations can was a little bit above insurrection but insurrection can go
1: right but i have lots of friends who are like nemesis was the worst you know the next gen movies and i'm like no no it was not
3: insurrection the one with the uh the fountain of youth yes yes okay
1: Yep. The fountain of youth that, that no one. one is ever going to exploit. Just because the like the Federation has declared they won't exploit it and so the Cardassians, the Romulans, no one else is ever going to exploit this planet. Nope.
0: It's a load of crap. The Briar Patch
4: is hard to get to. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a Briar Patch. Okay, <laughs> I, the the
1: problem was ds9 was going on at the same time that movie came so i know star trek could do better storytelling than that <laughs> and so, so i was so frustrated that i was like but this doesn't solve the problem like just because the federation isn't going to exploit these people doesn't mean there's there's so many other races out there once the word gets out that you can just like you know have like unlimited regeneration like you know like everybody's gonna want it so anyway, all right. I'm I'm not gonna go into that.
4: So so they took a telogian and dropped them on the planet. And now you, not only can you not go to that planet, but anyone who does go near it from the telogians, it has their minds wiped and they don't even remember. <laughs> right.
3: Head cannon accepted. Yeah,
4: okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. okay. Uh so Rios. <laughs> oh, there are there other characters in
3: the show? Yeah. <laughs> of course he stayed behind
1: yeah so yeah like what do you guys think about what happened with rios in this season i mean i'm I'm not going to speak on this one because i think it kind of speaks for itself uh ryan what do you think
4: about rios's arc in this season well like allison pill the actor that plays rios has also said he's not gonna be back for season right. three so uh, yeah yeah he's definitely gone um it was kind of like a reverse um star trek 4 right where instead of bringing bringing the marine biologist to the future uh he stayed in the past um
1: and and my oh oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry sorry to interrupt you i just have to say beth started muttering to herself while the season was wending on like and as the romantic stuff between him and the doctor started increasing and this is the funniest thing ever i was in stitches she's like please don't be your own ancestor please don't be your own ancestor please don't (laughs) be be your own doing
3: the exact same (laughs) thing he kept going Oh, God, he's going to be his own grandpa. Please don't be <laughs> yeah. his own grandpa. Okay.
4: Outside of Futurama, that's not really exactly possible, but that, yeah, that Red being Red did it, too, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, my thing about it is I just don't – it must be true love, right? Because why would anyone choose to go from, you know, the Federation, the future, Captain of the Stargazer, to, to being stuck in hey, – I mean – Ryan
1: ryan the cigars yeah. are not replicated cigars in this time,
4: <laughs> and the cancer is not curable there, you know? <laughs> he wants the real deal man yeah apparently <laughs> all the carcinogens because, you know, i mean uh, because frankly speaking like you know a week in and a week in the 21st century america and being deported and put in prison and beaten up by police that would totally make me want to hang around you know? <laughs> but the kid was cute you know so maybe you know, rius always wanted to be a dad so that's what it's about you know um i actually love the character rius and i love that they made him captain the stargazer and i didn't and i love that he had a romantic interest but it should have literally been the star trek norm where i love you but we can't be together i belong to another time you know and, and, and then he leaves because if nothing else yeah the temporal prime directive you know i mean he can't he can't really change the past but they did it anyways and maybe maybe that's maybe that's in testament to Picard never being able to choose love always choosing career over love because he's so psychologically damaged here's Rios choosing love over a career because he's a lot more healthy mentally apparently you know that's all I got (laughs) okay (laughs) Stephanie
3: I mean it was very predictable that he was going to stay in the past or bring them with to the future um but i don't know i i didn't like rios as much the first season as i did this season so i am kind of disappointed that they didn't opt for the pulling everyone into the future um but it is what it is um i mean there's still the possibility of a cameo from one of his many holograms on now Seven's ship oh wait was that destroyed no that was the alternate universe no
1: but he said he's not coming played. back so know. yeah i don't think we'll yeah, see yeah
3: well you never know i'm still crossing my fingers that after next season we get a seven series and mm-hmm. who knows <laughs> i could just watch jerry ryan
0: all the time there. <laughs> <laughs> <Air?
1: laughs> all right Juliet.
0: i liked rios i actually felt like it made much more sense for him to stay in the past instead of just bringing them with him he's for him it wasn't like a search about family he, he's a man who needs a purpose he needs a mission a goal a, a, a crusade for him and just bringing them into the future wasn't gonna fix that for him yeah uh, for you him a good point there he saw all the horrible things that were happening back then, you know, in in, their, in the past. He could see, and he's got the vision to try to make things better, to try to help people. And that's, it gave him something, because up until this point, you know, and he was just kind of drifting, I think. I felt like he was a character who was just going through the motions. When there was a mission, he was great, but the mission would have an ending. So I think that He knows that the past is going to be awful and he knows what's going to happen, but he can try to make it better for people uh, up to that point. He knows that he's not going to like change the major events that are the sticking points. But I think this gave him a purpose and I I appreciated that little bit to his arc.
3: Yeah. Yeah no you bring up a great point and like i said my main disappointment is i started liking the character a lot more and now he's gone
1: yeah i was pretty convinced that he was going to stay behind in the past like fairly well into it and i didn't think they were going to make him his own ancestor i'm glad we didn't go there but uh yeah (laughs) but um I I did have trouble buying him as, you know, a captain in Starfleet because he had been like a lieutenant when he had left. And it's like, it'd only been like two years since season one of Picard. And I was like, so, I mean, what, Picard pulled strings to make him a captain with no experience actually cap Like, yeah, he captained a vessel, but it was a vessel where he was the sole occupant, you know? And so I'm like, that doesn't really give you the experience you need. And just seeing him there smoking the stogie on the bridge and everything is just kind of like no like this this just doesn't no this doesn't seem right so i was kind of glad that they didn't bring us back there because i i wouldn't have wanted to keep seeing that he didn't seem it didn't seem like the right fit to have him there um he was too independent minded by that point and uh i don't think that he was really like a starfleet you know kind of guy so um yeah i i yeah to ryan's point it seemed weird but you know i have to just believe that love you know like love triumphs overall you know so like yeah he's gonna brave the harsh conditions of that time just to you know be
4: with this you know doctor he's known for a few days
0: see that's just it it wasn't love it was purpose
4: i I can buy that i can buy that he just yeah he needs something to believe in and and like i agree with nathan he's never really like quite the right fit for starfleet but Mm -hmm. it would have been and it's just i guess it's just it was so it was probably the most obvious thing this season, except for maybe Girardi being the board queen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was, you knew this was going to happen from the moment they introduced her. Oh, look, it's an attractive doctor who's patching Rios up. Hmm. You know, I mean, at the very least you knew there was going to be chemistry between the two. Um, oh, she's just, got
3: a cute kid that he's yeah. hitting it off well with. Yeah. Ooh, you
4: know, I think I just, the, what, the only thing,
1: I, it, I'm sorry, from... there was something more obvious this season, although it came up pretty quickly after it was revealed. As soon as they said, we've put Borg circuits into every ship, I was like, oh my god, like, <laughs> like <laughs> what is that? Like, what kind of idiot designed that? He's like, oh, the Borg has hacked into our systems. No, duh! <laughs> <laughs>
4: Um, i mean th- that just that's goes the back most to, obvious thing in this season uh, yeah maybe you know? uh, yeah. that's like frog dna and dinosaurs i'm not going to talk about that either you know but um uh, yeah i lost my whole train of- oh no I'm st- like I, I no i just, i would have loved i wouldn't have minded it had there been one scene um because i'm sure like wikipedia is on every tricorder so i would have loved at least that one scene like rio's like Googles them, like their future, you know, the the mother and child and maybe even <laughs> himself, you know, just real quick before, like, just, I, he, he's he, that's just it, he's not Starfleet, so there's just enough um, uh, cunningness in him, like, you know, he's making the smart investments, mm. you know, he's, uh, yeah, because, because he, he's got to, because like, he's got to be, he, he knows, he knows like in the next five years, he's got to buy an island and get him and the kid out of there before World War Three happens, you know, uh, so, it would have been nice to see something along those lines, but other than that, yeah. I mean, I guess my struggle with the
1: whole idea that he needed a purpose is that he can't he can't change anything. So it's kind of like it has to be lo- in my mind. It's got to be love because, like, he can't. You know, like he knows how it's all going to turn out. So to me, like, purpose seems like not like a reason to be in the past. Uh, unless His purpose
3: can... isn't necessarily to change the past so much as it is to just help people who need it and that timeline
0: uh definitely has people who need it and she was already <laughs> helping those people so he just gets to like take that on yeah. yeah
1: right but what i'm saying is from his standpoint not knowing he was supposed to stay behind because there was the photo in Guinan's bar like those people would have still been helped the same people would be helped whether he stayed or not. So it's just like, you know, I don't know. It just, it seems kind of, kind of weird um, from that standpoint. But
0: love <laughs> is totally okay.
1: <laughs> because love doesn't require any kind of purpose beyond itself. So, I mean, it's just it's not like, the
0: love conquers all type of dude.
1: Well, he liked the kid too. All right. So yeah, Stephanie, you've already brought up seven.
3: Yes. Yeah. I love
1: seven. Do you want to say anything more Jerry about Ryan seven? This was my season? first
3: woman that I had a crush on. So, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> you want to say anything I'm... about seven? Hubba, hubba. Besides, hubba, how hubba. You
2: hubba.
1: It? yeah. I mean, yeah. I liked them exploring, like her getting to like you know. I like them exploring the sort of um, racism in Starfleet, and you know how she felt having the implants removed. I felt like because of how the season went like we didn't get as much of that as i would have liked and um again i that's why i think i would have liked part of why i would have liked them exploring the darker timeline more because there were some things that were positive you know like for her personally um and so i think that that would have been an interesting you know exploration and getting more into that and who knows what they're going to do in season three hopefully they might delve more into that and how she's you know how people react to her in starfleet but
3: i mean the the teaser promo pictures show her in a starfleet uniform so my fingers are crossed i am ready for seven to finally actually Done a uniform for reals but it's probably going to end up being some shenanigans but at least it won't just be like a hologram or daydream like in Voyager um but no I thought that they did do a good job explaining why she didn't pursue um <laughs> I'm sorry because <laughs> when you made me think of the hologram in Voyager
1: it made me think of the Chakotay relationship and yeah. then I, I had face bomb.
3: <laughs> worst part of Star Trek ever is Choke choking, ch- choking. <laughs> <laughs> Chikote and Seven that is just an awful 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 decision and um the only one that comes close is Kira and Odo
1: Worf <laughs> and Deanna. I don't, I don't anyway. think. I don't think those are anywhere near as bad as. That. I mean, I, I. I also agree. I didn't like having Kira and Odo together, but like, I don't think those are like in the same like orbit, like at all. Like, I
3: just said it's the next one that comes close. <laughs>
4: well, I, I, you know, I'm she, sorry. Worst relationship is Worf and Deanna. Oh, that
1: one's pretty bad too.
3: Uh, see, that one just kind of seems like a
0: little fling. So, I mean, he did bite her cheek. I don't know if you can call that a flame.
4: Yeah, don't Klingons mate for life or something, you know? Worf does. Yeah,
3: yeah. But the, the book of things that Klingons do versus what Worf says Klingons do are two completely different books.
1: Well, because, like, Worf uh, believes all the things Klingons say about themselves, whereas actual Klingons yeah. are just like, oh, that's just stuff we say. We don't actually do any yeah. of that.
3: Pretty much but um anyways as i was saying i really appreciated the fact that they did play into that bit of racism that people in the federation had towards her implants as to why she did actually you know not go forward with starfleet and ended up with the uh the shoot what are they called the rangers rangers
1: i think it was rangers
3: yeah It, it did give a layer to that because you would assume that that would have been the progression that she had based off of the things that we saw that she wanted in Voyager. But if anything good comes from Picard, it's the fact that Seven is getting some actual character development and personality aside from the cat suit. Um, They always like would tease us with it. And then what's his face would come in and be like, what's this, what's this happening with seven becoming a character? She's boobs stop this and then pair her with chakotay for no reason whatsoever i don't
1: know i don't know that you can blame that one on brandon braga like seven jerry ryan of all people like is the one that is responsible for seven you know and and it's weird that a woman you know did that to seven but
3: (laughs) well i heard too that she would push for more of her personality and development and stuff like that so i don't know maybe it just depends on when she was talking about it
1: yeah i i saw an interview where she was defending the cat suit and everything and so like i lost like a lot of like uh <laughs> <laughs> i lost a lot of like my opinion of jerry ryan went way downhill on that one yeah. but but at the same time she is the one to put deanna in an actual uniform so i don't know does it balance yeah. i guess it balances i don't know <laughs>
3: maybe um but uh I want my starship a flop again.
2: Warp factor seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I we, we, I, I then this, this is my fault um, of getting so far behind on these because I feel like I need to get these caught up so that we record them like after the season finishes because also (laughs) i think like the like the thoughts are kind of like a little jumbled because it's been a while
3: yeah we're we're so easy to like sidetrack because we're star trek well that's the other problem is like there's so much star
1: trek and we're kind of like oh but this reminds me of this and that and this Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. yeah even if it was just q's weird version of history her becoming president made no sense whatsoever (laughs) but still was awesome. (laughs) Um, Although her husband in that timeline was maybe actually worse than Chakotay.
1: Yeah, political marriage. Yeah. I'm just going to go political marriage on that one.
3: Yeah, that's all it had to be. There was, I mean, there was no chemistry with Chakotay, but there was even less there. I mean, granted, it was a different seven, but yeah, whatever. I guess it was technically Annika
1: yeah well that's true that's true um and Juliet, what do you think about seven this season
0: so up until enterprise voyager was like my least favorite star trek series in fact so much so that i didn't even finish it um Hmm. because i actually quit caring pretty early on and i really didn't like the character of seven of nine i thought you brought on this character just for tna that's the only reason and so i was like well i'm done uh, that and the many other reasons as to why I quit watching. The and then theater. they brought
1: in T'Pol and the the same reason.
0: <laughs> so yeah, but it episode one. You know? so let's let's am. do
1: rub downs.
2: Oh good lord. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. So here I am watching Picard and Ever since season one, you know, I've gotten a much better enjoyment of this character. It actually took me, because I disliked the character so much, it actually took me a while to like Jerry Ryan as an actress. Mm-hmm. Be- and, you know, was leverage or something that I saw her. And I was like, oh, you're much better. I, you're, you're, I'm, I'm separating you now from the character that I despised. But the character of Seven of Nine finally got some great work and appreciation and writing and arcs starting with season one but in this one I liked watching her develop I liked watching her relationships with not only Mm -hmm. Picard and everything and by the way can we just talk about how Picard was surrounded by strong women and just defined by them this entire season Mm -hmm. um yep but and he like took direction from them (laughs) uh, the her relationship with Rafi and the way that. They had to like figure things out and the power dynamic between the two of them and the way that they both react and they're both very reactive people. It's, that's a rough relationship. I enjoyed seeing her come to terms with losing her, you know, no longer having her implants, with trying to figure things out, dealing with Rafi's guilt and, and over losing uh, Elnor because that was a huge thing and suddenly you can't connect because now Rafi's feeling like she lost a child. And w- how do you you know, react to that? How do you deal with that? So I really enjoyed Seven of Nine. I am very happy that they brought her into this series because I needed it. If nothing else, I, I needed this validation that this character actually has depth, even if it just wasn't written in Voyager so it makes yeah, me but don't you feel like
1: season one also gave her depth
0: oh totally i We're just feel like it. this was so much more
2: mm.
0: like season one was great for bringing me back and bringing me yes she's a cool character i can dig on this uh season two was like wow she's got some stuff going on um so yeah i i just feel like this rounded her out more maybe
3: I actually ended up liking uh, Voyager more once Seven came on, and I latched onto the character not only because she was apparently uh my first crush on a woman, um but <laughs> the way that she is portrayed in uh Picard are the parts of her personality that were shown, however minutely in uh in Voyager that I latched onto, and I loved the character, and in my mind, she was always the seven that we see in Picard Um, going back to when I was a kid and Voyager first came out um, and like, people probably think I like Voyager so much more than I do. I mean, my cat is named Neelix.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I told Rachel that she thinks you're crazy. (laughs) She keeps saying, every time Felix is on the screen in Voyager, she's like, I want him to die. Why doesn't he die?
0: (laughs) And he was around a lot longer than Charlie was in Orville.
3: It was really more of a, well, he's an orange cat. He's very furry. He has golden eyes. He really likes food. And I happened to be watching Voyager trying to think of a name for this cat. And then there happened to be a scene with Neelix right up on screen and my Neelix sat right by the screen. I'm like, Neelix. <laughs> so it actually was a, a name just based off of visual similarities between mm. my cat and the character. And unfortunately, I think I've developed a soft spot for the character because of my cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, anyways... I've always liked Seven. Um, I understand exactly why there are a lot of people who have issues with her. I understand why. um, um, Holy crap. How am I spacing on Janeway's actress's name? Um, Kate Mulgrew. Yes. There we go. I'm like, I know her name. How am I forgetting? Um, I understand why she had some beef with Seven coming on. But at, at the same time, the character had a lot of potential. And it was always there. Um, It just took until Picard for us to finally see all that potential
1: no i, I agree and... with you i mean the cat suit is a bit much but the character i felt like 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 i felt like they always gave her like good character there's there's the mm-hmm. wonderful thing where you know uh the hol, you know every season of voyager they do like a particular holodeck theme and the one where it was tom paris doing like the the 30s adventure serial you know the black mm-hmm. and white you know thing and the time when she goes in and he's busy or whatever but she wants to talk to him and there's like the robot menace you know that really retro robot and she just punches into it and rips out its energy <laughs> and says i am bored and i'm just like yes i love this woman you know? yes.
3: so... that is a great moment yes
1: so yeah no i think other than the Chicote thing you know because they turned the whole like who will seven date into like a thing and that's something they didn't really need to do and then mm-hmm. being like oh well chakotay's doing nothing so we'll pair them together and it's just like that was like the worst yeah. thing like that they did with her. but i think otherwise her character was was fairly yeah. well done it, and,
3: otherwise yeah. it just gets overshadowed by the cat suit, right um but there was a character under there um that had tons and tons of worth and uh yeah as soon as i found out that jerry ryan was coming to the card and we were going to have seven and then seven with the card was just like well those are two of the most perfect people and then there was all the stuff about data i'm like oh well that's even more perfect even if it wasn't how i thought it was going to be just like of the three star trek characters to have in a plot line about borg what better three could you have um and the fact that they've just continued developing her and growing her character, even in Q's weird version of President Annika. Um, it's just great to finally see her being fully explored beyond the cat suit.
1: Yeah. And Ryan, what did, how did you feel about how Seven was handled this season?
4: Oh, uh, loved it. Um, I mean, the character of Seven, yeah. To echo a lot of what's been said you have to look at her entire progression um, from voyager uh jerry ryan i feel like history Remembers her. It, it, modern times, we're better to her than we were at the time when she was cast on Voyager because, you know, I, it did seem like everyone just saw right through it as for what it was. Oh, we're going to put, you know, a gorgeous woman in a cat suit. Um, and I was immediately against her because I loved Kess. And it just seemed like we were replacing Kess with a uh, seven. And um,
3: I didn't like Kess.
4: Yeah, well, I know I'm in the minority on that one, but yeah. and, but, but in hindsight, you know, they turned I, out I, very differently. Yeah, but but in hindsight, you know, I, I think we didn't realize how lucky we got with Jerry Ryan in that role uh, because she she could act, but in, and I think it's a lot of times it's, it's harder to play that robotic personality that she had to play than to play the character to play an actual human being, uh, so to speak. Um, and I do feel like the whole Chakotay thing was like, it was just a way to shut up people. Janeway and Seven, will they? Won't they? You know. So fine, we're just going to end the series with uh, uh, Chakotay and her getting together. Um, no one wanted that. No one asked for that. And
3: yet, Janeway goes and pe- goes back in time. Yeah. Primarily to save Seven.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I it, yeah. I mean. Frankly, Seven's choices in women is, are is way better than her choice in men. Um, that's oh, yeah, literally definitely. what we, we can get from this. Um, but I, if you look at her whole progression uh, from Voyager to season one of Picard, which honestly, in season one of Picard, while I enjoyed her there, she felt more like stunt casting. It felt like, ooh, here's Seven of Nine, another reason to watch. And in season one of Picard, it was all about her pain, her depression. She was despondent. I mean, she's straight up murdered in, in season one of Picard. You know, she was not... Uh, she was in a very dark place and season two of picard this is the seven that i my favorite seven because this seven is hopeful and optimistic i mean she's got her challenges she's got her problems clearly but i feel but you can see her processing them and working through them and coming terms with them and it's just it's just a way more healthy seven than i've seen either in in season one or for that matter in in voyager this is um like honestly I, i think this this seven is human you know through and through it she may still have the implant she's got, ha- definitely had the experiences without a doubt um but she's she, and she's definitely but she's human and i did i i mean yeah starfleet's always had this prejudices, whether you're you know uh, a cardi or um you know uh, it, uh other life forms um i just don't know why and i can understand maybe to some extent borg being uh a form of ridicule for them even though they're it could, that's more that's not i don't know so that's, that's a whole thing but um i don't that's a whole podcast right then and there but <laughs> yeah seven has been uh in this season is some she's in uniform and i i want her to get back to starfleet i feel like next to picard her journey through this entire series through the through all these series has been the most interesting and and um character driven
3: mm-hmm.
4: yeah yeah seven's another place where i feel like i like
1: the style of this season over the substance um because like again like i like a lot of what they were doing with seven and i just feel like how the plot and everything goes like oh we're going to examine like seven without her implants but then she gets the exact same implants back again and it was just like oh
4: that just I, but it was her I, choice yeah I know it was yeah sort of sort of yeah you know? it was
1: <laughs> yeah I'm not even sure that's true <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> you know, it, you know it's with like, pressure I, you know? I don't
1: know it's just like it seems it seems like there was so much interesting stuff going on and the characters were getting interesting stuff but then the plot at the very end just couldn't quite like come together in like a satisfying way Um, but yeah no I, I love I love Seven. I love everything they've done with her post Voyager I liked her in Voyager well enough um but uh but yeah like um there were certainly some mistakes made um and uh and yeah i i, I liked her in this as well so it'll be interesting to see her because i'm she's coming back yeah for season season three so we'll see how her story you know continues um i want to talk about eleanor even though he wasn't in this season much because he was done wrong <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> the only person that they didn't seem to feel the need to recast as another character uh, right exactly <laughs> yeah
1: I, I loved elnor like elnor was like like in season one i was like oh, this guy is amazing i i i he could do his own spin-off show um what are they called the cosmologia or something like that the you know the uh the 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 order he's part of yeah um you know and it was cool that they are like now like establishing that and so like they show up in discovery too and all of that but um i i i wanted to see more elnor and i was very disappointed that he got so little in this season um you know, I mean, because you could say, like, oh, well, there's the awkwardness of his, you know, Romulan ears, but we had another Romulan character that hid her ears. So it's just like, that wasn't a, a problem. I
3: was looking forward yeah. to the, the beanie.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but also, I thought the way that they, like, killed him off, it was, it was so traumatic to Rathi.
2: Yeah.
3: But to the yeah. viewer, it was just like, okay, he's randomly dead. I bet he'll be back at the end. I
1: mean, I mean, it's what they talk about when they talk about fridging. Except it was done to a male character and typically, you know, talk about fridging in regard to female. But yeah, it was like a, a death that's only purpose was to motivate another character. Like that was the only, you know, reason for that.
3: And because of the way they they did it, honestly, there were times, not all the time, but there were times where Rappy seemed like so overly distressed about it um and uh it it was just it was such an anticlimactic event for the uh the viewer um and apparently everybody except Rafi. um and uh it, it was also pretty damn clear that it would be you know there'd be a fix or something and I don't know. I was also just really looking forward to the typical disguise that Vulcans do in the past. Just this time, it's a Romulan with a a beanie or a headband on or something. Yeah,
1: it's it's one of the reasons why I wish they hadn't skipped forward is because I wanted to see like all of a sudden like Rafi's so close to him like, and it's like I would have Uh, liked to have seen that actually develop rather than you know just like yeah, years have gone by and now they're really close and it's like that's cool. I want to see more of that you know i want to see yeah, more of that and interaction. It, it just
3: leaves the viewer very disconnected from that whole storyline mm-hmm. well, at least that was my take
4: but, i mean that makes sense i mean picard, in season one picard was closer to him than rafi mm-hmm. ever should have been but no i was just i was just gonna say like about the whole in 2025 la i don't even think you'd have to hide your ears you know no.
3: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you know you're right
4: that's true <laughs>
1: oh uh, weird cosplay
4: man what are you (laughs) exactly yeah pretty much
3: (laughs) that would have been a perfect opportunity for making a joke about him being a space elf (laughs) (laughs)
4: it's true yeah but um yeah i mean uh my thoughts on eleanor are they did him wrong but i never really liked the character i'm sorry i I didn't like him from season one either so uh, it didn't bother me that much but at the same time you knew he was coming back it was like it just it felt utterly pointless and, and it also felt like i was like hey uh, yeah rafi's all broken up about him but like doesn't rafi have a kid
1: a re- you know a re- you <laughs> yeah, know? but the kid <laughs> disowned her i
4: mean so yeah. it's kind of yeah. like i
1: mean you can't so she projected you projected all that somebody to, to be like have a relationship <laughs> with you if they don't want to you know yeah. so
3: so she just shifted to eleanor
4: yeah, that's exactly. She projected it all on him. My, for me, the uh, greatest disappointment about Elnor uh, in this season was the fact that he was stationed on the Excelsior and I didn't get to see it. Hmm.
1: I don't know. I I feel like I feel like now that Stan Lee has passed, because he should be the captain of any <laughs> ship called the Excelsior. <laughs> I don't really care if I see a, a ship called the Excelsior or not.
4: Nathan, Nathan, we've been over this. The the Excelsior is captained by a Generalissimo, not uh, a captain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, Juliet, wow. did you have any thoughts about you know I you, you I think you had stepped away, but like I said that they did Elnor wrong this season. So uh, do you have any thoughts about that?
0: I liked Elnor. I liked him a lot. I, was, I wasn't necessarily expecting him to come back at the end. Hmm. I thought perhaps maybe. I was hoping. But I I didn't have an expectation. Uh, by the way, I think they were called the Co-op Milot. Milot. Oh, okay. The warrior nuns.
1: I, I, Coast Meloja is some other Star Trek thing. I just can't <laughs> remember what they are.
0: <laughs> um, But... I kind of understood why Rafi latched on to him, you know, having been disowned by her own child and, and his death when she felt like she was responsible for it much in the way maybe Picard felt he was responsible for the death of his mother. It hit her really hard. And now she feels like she's got to find a way to make it mean something. And if she doesn't, then everything is what's the point of anything. Hmm rafi's another person who's driven a lot by purpose and and you know this need to mean something to protect something but elnor i i would like to see more of him i would also probably watch an entire spinoff series of him and you know that entire sect of romulan warrior nuns just give me that i'm totally down for it in fact we can you know bring in uh jim's uh nana from (laughs) our flag means death and she fit in perfectly and when y'all watch it you guys will understand that um (laughs) i i want to see more of my i felt good i felt much better actually in a weird way that suddenly without elnor picard is pretty much the only dude because rios just goes off and does his own thing Mm -hmm. but so we can't really count him (laughs) that Picard doesn't actually have anybody to protect at this point instead he's being led and protected by a crew of very strong women which I've mentioned before and Elnor taking Elnor out of the equation was probably best for this for for this season because the memory of him was driving several people and I'm glad that again it was one of those things that kind of made me cry at the end back parting gift you know
1: um so any other things that you wanted to talk about this that we haven't talked about yet this season and we're i'm gonna have one final question for anything you want for season three so let's table that kind of thing but anything this season you want to talk about that we haven't talked about um so stephanie do you have anything
3: i think now that we've finally let me fangirl about seven of nine i think i'm okay Okay.
1: (laughs) pretty sure you did that in the season one discussion too
3: probably i mean <laughs> if jerry ryan is in a star trek i'm probably going to be fangirling about seven of nine because it is more than just a crush on the actress i do really love the character as well
1: all right Juliet.
0: So. just going to mention again i love the way that the show this season dealt with mental illness and depression and i'm actually kind of wondering if the mom actually might have had a touch of schizophrenia sometimes and that Kind of worries me. Also, dear lord, the un- the basement of their house. That chateau oh, yeah. is fantastic. And I wish I could live there. Um oh and for all of y'all that kept saying you wanted to see more of that darkest timeline. You don't have to. We've basically been living it. We don't <laughs> yeah. I never needed to see any more of that darkest timeline because it was awful. I've experienced it get me back to better things. Mm-hmm. I- I'd like to see more of the Q summoning ritual. I'd actually like to see it summon a Q at some point and see how that happens because Uh, That was kind of creepy and wonderful at the same time. But I don't think that there's anything else beyond just my absolute love of everything that I saw and me having no issue with time travel because who knows how it really works. I'm cool with it.
1: I, I want to know who later came into that basement and dug out all the people who had half transported into the walls and like redid the walls. Because <laughs> by Picard's think about it. time. Yeah, because by Picard's time, like there aren't people half transported in. So somebody cleaned that out at some point. But like what were they think? Like, what what would you think when you saw that? <laughs> like, what in the world? I mean, at that
0: point, you've got dusty bones. So, you know, maybe they've just decomposed.
1: Enough. well i mean something would be left behind um on the parts that weren't in the wall
4: <laughs> I mean, you see what happened was picard's mom found them and then like she <laughs> touched them and they all crumbled oh, and god, like, she's, that no one believed her for, you know? oh yeah. god oh,
1: that's awful ryan you're a bad person <laughs> yeah. for thinking of that
0: <laughs> yep you really are <laughs> so it really was a skeleton piece yeah,
1: oh. <laughs> so i always thought that you're gonna go with like skeletons in the closet I mean, um, that? Too. um all right ryan oh, okay. anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't yet
4: uh you know i'm sure yeah i'm sure there are but i really um nothing immediately comes to mind. <laughs> See, this is fascinating to me because everything that I've brought up that I've said like wasn't handled
1: well, or whatever you've defended so to you the only problem with this season was the was the Guinan thing. Like the the not remembering the San Francisco. Yeah, that
4: that bothered me. That was enough to <laughs> the season could have been phenomenal in every other respect and it wasn't. It was good, but it could have been phenomenal in every way and that would have really ruined it for me. Or, did, did did anyone else like the episode
1: where Guinan and Picard are just sitting in the room with the with the FBI or CIA um, guy or whatever it was? Like,
0: look, I saw an alien ship when I was a child. I am still very very sure of this in my front yard. I'm not kidding so i am totally down with this fbi dude totally okay with that entire episode if that
1: episode (laughs) had actually led to anything that would have been okay but since that episode is completely by the end of the episode they've completely convinced him that everything is okay and nothing like he doesn't do anything to help them or speed them along or help them do anything it's just like
0: gonna pay off in the next season you are like all about instant gratification aren't you nathan oh my (laughs) god you think that's gonna come up next
1: season
2: like now they're back in the
4: 24th century i
0: i really don't never so. know
4: <laughs> it'll come up in the travelers uh spin-off series well, yeah well i suspect that that's where they're
1: going with that with wesley also
0: that is something i should have mentioned was i didn't get to, i didn't chime in on that i loved wesley coming in with the traveler as the traveler and just being like yep kudos much like except for seven for me for seven of nine i felt like wesley needed that for his character yep
1: let me tell you about the travelers initiative <laughs> uh...
4: I'm sorry, Ryan. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I I No. I it, it was okay. it was it was I feel like I feel like this is gonna be I'm hoping between season one and season three, this is gonna just be like the least bit the least like it's was still an okay season, but it's not as good as season one and season three when, when all Well sudden, well uh, yeah, I'm <laughs>
1: You already know how season three is gonna be. Uh, yeah, well,
4: this don't is a you? Time I don't
1: I don't know what happened to the showrunner for season one. I know it's a different showrunner in season two. I wish we had the season one showrunner because I, I liked season one a lot more than I liked season two. Um, there were a lot of great ideas in season two, and I just felt like the through line wasn't there. And I felt like season one did get a little shaky at the end, but I didn't feel like it was as bad as season two got at the end, where it was like, and, and like I say, there was a whole episode of filler in there, and when you only have 10 episodes. Or was it eight Mm -hmm. was it ten was it i don't remember anyway we got a whole episode that's just filler it's like that's that's okay when it's a 22 episode season it's not okay when you've got a short season um so yeah i i you know i i i wanted more and i hope we're gonna get more um but yeah i think we've talked enough about like what actually happened in this season um so season three anything i mean obviously we're getting all the main cast from next generation back Uh, they didn't say they would necessarily all appear together so I'm guessing like one episode will get Geordi and one episode will get Worf and one episode will get you know uh, Crusher you know and so on Um, but uh, but uh, yeah so but anything beyond that that you want to see in season three Uh, let's start with you Juliet
0: give me all the fan service I don't care please just hand me that my my happy things I am curious especially as I'm a huge Picard pressure shipper Mm. uh to see if picard's new relationship is going to come up with beverly at some point um or how that will be handled i'm curious to see how picard will handle things after his personal revelations is he going to handle things any differently or will he continue to bottle things up and compartmentalize everything like he's been doing that his entire life but i i want to see i want to see his interactions I want to see how things have changed. We've seen him interact with a few people with Jordy and everybody before in the future. I want to see how his revelations affect those relationships now. Mm. I would like, because Deanna's going to know. Deanna's going to know. And I want to know, if she's going to look at Riker, she's going to be like, "Mm." I want to know what's going to happen there, if they'll bring it up at all. I would like, I would like a little bit of that because obviously I don't want them to go full on into Picard crying in Deanna's arms again. <laughs> tell, it's a real sticking point for me. Yeah. It would be a little more acceptable now though. Maybe, but I'm still not cool with it. I want to see more of Elnor. I want to see, I want to see him and, and Rafi and seven become like this precious little family, which would make me just, I don't know, happy, even though I know it's not going to happen. There's going to be some more drama and issues i want to see our warrior nuns not going to happen but i I would like to see them and i think that's really it we could bring wesley back as with the travelers we don't have to it's cool if q just suddenly wants to come back from the dead i am also very (laughs) okay with that oh oh, you
1: reminded me you reminded me john delancey said he was filming scenes for season two and three at one point now was that a mistake you know, and him not realizing where they were doing the cutoff or, or does Q appear in season three in some way? Maybe even a flashback, who knows? But like, yeah, like it seems like he will be there at least for an episode, like somehow we will see Q. Yeah,
4: assuming assuming we can't just to assume linear thinking. You know? Right, no, I mean,
1: I, mean, I realize, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could be an earlier point in Q's time or there could be all sorts of explanations yeah, for that. Yeah. But I, yeah, Um, so anyway.
0: That's what I'm hoping for
1: but i also everybody like believes everything they hear actors say so i always like to throw in that grain of salt of yeah. remember just because we're into all the details of these things sometimes actors get stuff wrong or they have ndas or whatever like he didn't want to give away he dies in season two so he says i'm filming scenes for two and like you, you don't know what you know comes from all that so don't always believe everything you hear when people tell you even if they're creating people who are working on the thing um so uh, stephanie anything you want to see in season three
3: well now you've got my hopes up for more silver fox cute <laughs> <Q. laughs> um but no much like julia i am also a huge fan of picard and crusher um so i would definitely like to see how that plays out with his new romulan love interest and the fact that he's at least confronted his demons in the past Uh, or from the past, if not actually overcome them. Um, I wanna know who's commanding the enterprise now. Um, But otherwise I'm trying to keep pretty loose expectations so I won't be let down. But also like Juliet, give me the fan service. I am happy for the fan service. Just also keep it with a plot that kind of makes sense, (laughs) and maybe stick the landing better than any of the new Trek season finales. Get whoever is writing for the Lower Decks to do the series finale, please, because then it'll actually, you know, we don't necessarily need the comedy aspect, but at least there will be a ending that isn't just like a swing and a miss. So, because yeah, it seems like Picard and Discovery have both suffered from you get there you get there you get there and then the ending is just not quite landed properly um i haven't yet gotten to the end of strange new world so i can't comment on that one but like i haven't felt so just like oh you just missed the ending with the two seasons of lower decks so
4: okay all right so ryan um anything you want to see from season three of the card well, I mean, I think I'm in, the, I'm definitely in disagreement here with everyone else, but I feel like Q had a perfect send-off this season, so I don't, I don't want Q coming back. It was so beautiful, you know, and it was so emotional.
3: Oh, it was beautiful.
4: Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got that. <laughs> a minute. It's becoming 42 cast after dark. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens when we go into our, like, our third hour Ooh, right. know, recording. <laughs> His but, uh,
3: there's a lot to talk <laughs> about
4: in this season like yeah. there's just yeah. like a lot of stuff i agree i agree but i'm just saying he had such a uh well-written uh send-off that i don't want to to undo that um i uh i do agree
3: with you though seriously yeah.
4: Yeah. I, from from okay so like i maybe i should have said this when you want to talk about season anything from season two but i want season three to Deal with this like beyond galactic threat, which I they never even really I I kind of assumed that whatever came through at the end of season two was the same thing, the same threat. From season one, which may or may not be the same threat from Discovery season two. <laughs> and I want them to tie it all together, you know, and explain it. I want them to do that while also, yes, I know this is contradictory. I want them to do that while also not having a galactic threat being the crux of the season. You know, I want it to be kind of a little bit more low-key so that they can do that personal development uh of the characters and everything. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, if we don't go back in time, the entire federation will never have seen never have. Existed. Let's. I want to lower the stakes a little bit so that we can have more um, emotion and character development. Because realistically, this will probably be the last time we see a lot of these characters right yeah I mean that is the one
1: thing I didn't mention it they have said definitively season three is the end of Picard like they're just doing three and
2: it's
4: done but not even just Picard but you know Jordy, you know you know uh Worf this may be although Michael Jordan might want otherwise right I was about to say like yeah like (laughs) like some of
1: the rest of the cast are campaign campaigning for their own spin-off so (laughs) so
4: maybe not but but, you know yeah yeah. I
1: mean yes it's it's uh, for Patrick Stewart this
4: is most likely the end Yes. So, um, so even though I want them to resolve whatever this post galaxy threat is, I also kind of want them maybe do that in the first three episodes and then focus on the characters, um, more than anything. That's kind of what, I mean, I, uh, the series finale for next generation is the rare exception where they did it so perfectly, uh, with the whole card going through time in three different iterations mm-hmm. of himself. Um, so yeah um so if they can yeah if they can manage to do that again that would be super Um, (laughs) i'm still surprised brandon braga had anything to do with writing that episode oh it works so well (laughs) yeah it makes you wonder sometimes you know uh i do not this is gonna sound bad but i don't want brent spiner you're getting brent spiner if we have to have brent spiner let it be lore. That's all I want. Yes. Uh, well, that's the thing.
1: Him. That's the mystery. Is we know we're getting Brent Spiner, but we don't know yeah, which, which of Brent Spiner's many roles yeah. we're getting in the season <laughs> yeah. of Picard, or yeah. if it will be yet a new role for Brent Spiner. I I don't have time I'm for that. <laughs> this is like yeah. almost like Tom Cavanaugh on the Flash of how many kind different of. like uh, characters can one actor play.
4: And it's really it's absurd at this point, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean...
1: Um, all right no i yeah. don't want a scene where he's like all of his characters like there's like 40 different people
4: in the room and they're
1: all brent spiner
4: <laughs> i mean you know if they cave well then no they just need a brent a, a, a spiner or soon just call it a soon series you know where <laughs> they delve into all that um so yeah uh although honestly the one in season two is the earliest soon we've seen so yeah, it's like was it Stephanie were you saying maybe he alters his DNA so that's that explains yeah. it all. but maybe they can actually yes. make that canon, you know. Um I <laughs> they are bringing Worf back. So I mean, while I don't have a problem with it, I think it'd be hilarious if Worf shows up looking like the Klingons from Discovery. Oh no, they've already shown a picture. I know. And oh, then takes okay. off a helmet or something oh, like that. And okay. it's Worf underneath. You know? No, because I was happy to see he still looks like Worf
1: and they didn't do the yeah. Discovery style makeup yeah. on him. Yeah.
4: I mean, yeah. I had no problem with the Discovery Klingons. I'm not, that's a whole other argument. But uh, I do think they should acknowledge it or just make some, it's show Worf and then show some Discovery Klingons at the same time, you know, just mix them up. And then also, you know, just to show that there are different variations of Klingons. Why not?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I'd appreciate that. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I uh, would also. I got two more. Sorry, or three more.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have a list,
4: you know. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel I
2: bad
1: think... for Stephanie, who's an hour ahead of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, go go. I'm
3: on the East Coast. Hey, if everyone would you, zip it, I'd get through. <laughs> you know, <I'm>
4: <laughs> no, but I would. Uh, so if they're gonna ha- keep Picard with uh, uh, Laura, L- Laris, Laris, and instead of hooking up with Crusher. Is it Lord? Yeah. Uh, with Laris. Um, I think it'd be hilarious if Crusher shows up, but she's actually Crusher, you know, dash Jellico. Um Just I, that would crack me up, you know, uh, just to show she's moved on with her life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I threw up a little in my
0: mouth. No, that's how terrible that's it is. Disgusting. <laughs>
4: And it's awesome. You
1: oh know? God! Jell- it's the guy who played Senator
4: Kinsey in SD One. Yes, he gets a bad rap. But Jellico, <laughs> I, I feel like Jellico actually gets a bad rap. But that's maybe that's a whole podcast right there. That's the next series, <laughs> Jellico. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> I do appreciate the Star Trek Jellico comics that people yeah. make, like with the little like like
4: those are all.
2: hilarious oh,
3: yeah, guess. no, those are hilarious. Him right. randomly calling uh calling like
0: quark or something
4: (laughs) (laughs) you know just having a conversation um i do want a more optimistic starfleet i want this to see because because unless unless we're going to have a show that picks up around the same time period in the federation and um you know uh lower decks happens before and obviously discovery is way into the future so we don't have anything in this time period so if we're not going to have a series picking up right around the same time I want this series to end on a more optimistic note for the Federation, kind of a return to what it was, you know, towards the end of, uh, of Next Generation. I get, yeah, it, it makes perfect sense after the Dominion War, after Nemesis, after the destruction of Romulus, why everything's gotten so dark, but I would kind of like to see them pull out of it a little bit. And um, the last thing, I don't know, I want to see the Enterprise, I just don't know if I want the E or the F. This is what I can't decide, and this is what scares me.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, everything that Ryan said, I want the opposite of that. No. Um <laughs> You want jellicoe you know it. <laughs> All right. So,
3: no jellico. Especially not so, I mean,
1: You already brought up the Brent Spiner thing, which is one of the things I was gonna bring up, is it's like I'm very interested to see like what what who brent spiner is playing and how they're going to utilize him um i'm actually okay with fan service if it's fan service that's meaningful to picard and not just hey here's an episode from the original series we're gonna shoehorn in references to like like give us fan (laughs) service that's meaningful to the story of picard so that it will work for what we're doing unless whatever threat has some sort of callback to the original series or whatever. And that might work, you know, but, but again, we had no idea what that's all about and what's happening. I personally don't need to see a crusher getting catty because Picard has moved on scene. I'm, I'm fine with them having a professional relationship because this isn't the timeline from all good things. So it's okay. They went their separate ways. They didn't get married. You know, it's, it's, I, I, I don't need that. Um, troy and Riker got married and that's fine you know that's great and uh would like to know what happened with their kid actually Riker and troy's kid um i would like that uh sort of put in there um because uh you know i mean um you know we got a little bit with that and which one? one but the one which who one? lived who's alive well, obviously. okay I, I,
4: well, I mean i don't know i mean maybe you <laughs> want to know more details about... no, no 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 like <laughs>
1: like you know what's what's going on there you know um but yeah i mean i don't have a whole lot that i really want i just want there to be like stephanie said i want there to be a sad especially since this is the end of the show i want there to be a satisfying conclusion that at the end i feel like yes this journey was you know but this is a nice awesome. capstone to you know captain picard if we never see captain picard played by patrick Stewart, because you know eventually we'll be recasting all the next generation people like we're recasting all the original series people multiple times um but uh, somehow least...
3: brent spiner will still be there
4: he will be playing the, all of them <laughs> johnny picard played by brent spiner you know <laughs> oh man <laughs>
1: yeah i wouldn't mind seeing some of like the like the lesser character i mean i i don't know what's going on with dwight schultz that stephanie was talking about but like any of the like like hey you want to throw an ensign row throw an ensign row let's find out what happened to her like you know again like the fan service that's meaningful to picard i would be okay with o'brien
4: he's uh supposedly uh, starfleet yeah Uh, the academy
1: i mean you know my my main thesis has been with all these star trek spinoffs why haven't we found out what happened like to the ds9 people um so i would love that i just don't think they had the time in these short seasons to address that and whatever galactic threat we're going to be facing in this season and i think you're you're naive ryan if you think that it's not going to be a whole season about whatever the thing is in the portal um i I, I just don't think we're going to have like oh no let's just take care of that right away and then have like you know six seven episodes about you know making pizza yeah making
2: pizza.
1: Oh God, that reminds me of all those fanfics where like, you know, the characters from a series are actually like in a restaurant or whatever, you know, and like just running the (laughs) day-to-day stuff. Anyway. All right. Yeah, Riker's Pizza Emporium or whatever. All right. All right. So yeah. Sorry this went so long, guys. Love it every minute. (laughs) But we I had fun. I I hope you did too.
3: Yes, I had fun. Even if it is well past my bedtime. Oh, really? (laughs)
1: oh okay i didn't i didn't know not entirely we we talked about getting old but i didn't know you were that old this is well past your bedtime (laughs) hey (laughs) all right let's say goodbyes and let people know where they could find us so uh let's start with you stephanie
3: well now i'm mad Um, i'm sorry i don't know where you can find me because right now my presence online is so hit or miss but We'll just go with my Twitter, which is now, you're, you're usually going to find me either talking about Sailor Moon or going off on some political rant or writing, which is more likely what you're going to see. Um, and that is my pen name of AK Stevens, A underscore, underscore K underscore Stevens with a PH. Um, so that's where you'll pretty much find me. That's the only publicly accessible place that uh, I really have any semblance of presence on right now. Maybe I might start up my my Instagram again, but that's unlikely. If I do, that's witch's teacup. Um, but think, instead of plural, think uh, possessive, just no apostrophe because, you know, Instagram.
2: Alright, That That's
3: probably my worst sign-off ever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's okay. It just goes on with this whole podcast and just me along.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> All right, Juliet.
0: Well, this has been awesome, and I'm so glad to have been back on here with you guys to talk about the card. Um, you uh, on Instagram at at Rumi elf, r u m i e l f There is just a ton of workout photos and post run photos. Not me actually doing the workouts. It's just me looking sweaty and exhausted after the workouts. Uh, lots of photos of my cats. Those are those are also on there, and you can also find me on Twitter at the underscore visible underscore elf. I will hopefully be posting on both of those lots of photos uh, of costumes and cool things that I see coming up here in the next few weeks. Just feel free to say hi. And you can also find me uh, at, uh, on the podcast that I co-host with Nathan called Time Streams where we're going through Doctor Who episodes from the very beginning which is still really cool and I should really watch the next episode <laughs> so I can talk about them after Dragon Con. But we're on Season 2 right now and it's pretty fascinating. So come find us.
4: And Ryan. Well, uh, as usual, Internet, um, you can <laughs> check out my You know, really hot and buzzing website, geekstranger.com, updated like at least once every decade. Um, (laughs) I'm due for this decade, however. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: I mean, you make me feel a lot worse about the fact that I've had a website for, gosh, forever. And I'm pretty sure the last time I updated it was 2011.
4: Oh, see, okay. I do. You're making me feel better. And, you know, I was going to tell all of our listeners that it's exactly 1104 on the East Coast, but I'm not going to do that now. (laughs)
3: Well, well, too late. You already did. And then I confirmed it. Now it's 1105. And it's actually really past my bedtime. It's just, you know.
1: What was the well pass? Like, I would, I would understand. somebody be going to bed at eleven, but like, well past means like you usually go to bed at like nine, nine thirty.
3: <laughs> no, that, that, this is usually the time I'm feeding uh, the cats and heading
4: to bed. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm about to start my next Star Trek binge. Um, you can find me. You can find me online at uh, on Facebook on probably these fine people's pages where I'll be starting or responding to arguments. Um, otherwise, uh, you can listen out for i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be on the she-hulk uh podcast recording i think that one and then the forthcoming debate on whether or not pluto is a planet uh, <laughs> podcast you know how are you doing with your buddy neil <laughs> oh we're tight you know
1: <laughs> yeah like how are you doing and getting him on the show
4: yeah uh yeah so you know i i think maybe like um he forgot his email password or something because <laughs> he hasn't responded that's the only thing that makes sense you know <laughs> Because if we're gonna was- do this, we're gonna do this properly,
1: and <laughs> we're gonna get Neil on. We're gonna have our debate about whether Pluto's right. a planet.
4: Okay, if I bring Neil, who do you bring? You know, myself. Oh, okay. So, so that's right, listeners. On the one hand, you've got you know astrophysicist, director of the Hayden Planetarium, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and on the other, you know. all right, son. I look forward to it. We we'll, will we'll, yeah. we'll charge. We have to charge for that one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, that needs to be like uh, Joe's like Dragon Con things where you lock the room and people have to pay to leave. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> where he puts uh, on like yeah. the worst
1: movie he can find and it's for charity. <laughs> like you have to pay to leave. And the the <laughs> earlier you do it, the more you have to pay. Like the longer wow. you go through it, it's less
2: well, and less.
4: <laughs> you know, I I don't know if I've ever mentioned it before, but at the um at, uh, at, in Flagstaff at the Lowell Observatory where they where Pluto was discovered you know, in, in their um, museum they have two boxes uh, to donate to the museum. One of them is is Pluto a planet and the other one is is Pluto not a planet and you speak with your money uh, you put a dollar in or whatever for whichever you know, and they have a nice. little a tally going of uh, who's contributed more so that's that's freaking clever you know so yeah okay Pluto 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 raises money is what I'm saying it's big it's a big planet. Big planet mm. is behind this whole controversy. Yep. All right. There's <laughs> a sailor
1: Pluto. I rest my case. Pluto's a planet.
3: But there's also a sailor moon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, <laughs> whose side are you on
4: here?
3: I don't know anymore. <laughs> like the, the, that, and that is that,
4: is that, or is that not the titular sailor of the whole, you know, <laughs> <Sunday>? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So. All right. Well, Stephanie, Juliet, Ryan, thank you
1: so much for being on the show.
3: Thanks for having us. Thanks
1: for having us. Hubba hubba. So that's it for our Star Trek Picard Season 2 episode. What did you think of Star Trek Picard Season 2? What do you hope will happen in Season 3? What did you like about our episode? You can let us know all of those things in a lot of different ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to our website, 42cast.com, and leave a message on any of the episodes there. You can go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash 42Cast. You can also tweet to us or go on our Instagram at 42Cast and leave us messages there. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. With Apple Podcasts, the reviews do help because the more reviews that we have, the higher up we'll show on searches. So we'd definitely appreciate if you have an Apple account if you would leave us a review. You can also help us out by going to the ESO Network Patreon. That's a place where you can help all the shows on the network. There are different tiers listed. You get different perks for the different tiers. Some of the things that you get are early episodes of some shows. You get exclusive episodes of some shows. And there's a whole exclusive ESO Network podcast that you get for a certain tier at Patreon. So you can go over there. It's patreon.com slash ESO Network. And if you are interested and you have the funds to contribute, we would definitely appreciate it. You can find me on two other podcasts. One is Time Streams, where my friend Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to buy the episodes because we describe everything that's important that happens in them. So if you just want to hear us talk about them, we'll tell you about Classic Who. If you've never seen it before, you just want to learn about it, you can do that. But if you have the episodes and you do watch them with us, I think you'll definitely get more out of it. And so once again, if that sounds interesting to you, that is Time Streams the second podcast is legendary forces that's where Juliet and i again but joined by joe ashley and corey are going through all of star wars fictional media from the beginning that's the movies the tv shows the comics the novels anything that takes place in the star wars universe we review the quality of whatever it is we're reviewing like a normal review show but then we also talk about it in the context of the expanding star wars universe so we'll talk about it from the perspective of what somebody at the time would have thought about it what new concepts are introduced but then we also talk about it in terms of okay now we're in the present and have we seen these things this something that still persists in star wars media and so kind of getting our hands wrapped around this whole idea of continuity and canonicity and all that kind of stuff with regard to Star Wars. So if that sounds interesting to you, that is legendary forces. Beth and I just finished Young Justice season 4, uh still kind of processing that. That was an awful way to leave the series. I mean, in one sense the actual ending of the episode, like the primary ending of the episode was a very nice way to leave the series if that will be the last episode, which it looks like because it hasn't been renewed that is the last episode of the series but then there was the post credit scene that teased the season five and that just makes me so angry because i definitely want to see the follow-up to that but yeah um i don't think we're gonna get it so that's sad but yeah otherwise the news over here still planning on going to c2e2 and fan expo chicago definitely be going to Chicago TARDIS this coming year. I don't think I'll be making it to any other cons. But definitely watch this space to see if I change my mind, if anything comes up, anything like that. But all right, that's a wrap for this week. Join us back next week when Dwayne the Rock Johnson will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off.